It's time to get activated, gamers, because you're listening to the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023, featuring Dan and Bob Video Games. If you have any problems with any of our lists, yell at Bob. Oh, no. Chris Wolfhart. Guaranteed to outlast AAA gaming. And Dr. Agro. Sure glad I spent this whole year knowing I'd be on this podcast. This episode features outrageous categories, such as... So grab your Nuggies and Mountain Dew, gamers! Sit back in your race car chair and get ready, because the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023 Extravaganza starts right now! Hey, we finally made it. Welcome to the finale. It's time for our top tens, our soundtracks of the year and the final gigaboots pod stravaganza 2023 game of the year ceremony top 10 games of the year which is a list of one winner and nine losers oh <laughs> oh oh i may need to rejigger my list here <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't realize we were operating on the alcoholic father scale. <laughs> Second place is just the first loser. For some reason, when you said alcoholic father scale, I was like, my brain had already put the word power next to scale, and I'm like, it's like drunk Piccolo. <laughs> he just looks like shit. Anyways, that's Ryan. We're here to bring our top 10 games and our soundtracks of the year. We're very excited to talk about all this stuff. We got the whole crew. We've got Bob. I'm so excited. We've got Chris. Hey. And we've got Dr. Agro. (laughs) The year's over. Why isn't the year over? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe now at the end of this month, it will finally actually be over. This is the ceremony we used to wish away the prior year. I guess we're starting it. This is it. We got to start with someone's list. So we're starting with Bob's. All right. Sure. Bob, what are your top 10 games? Oh, do you want to do that? Or do you want to do soundtrack first? That's up to you. (laughs) Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to be like, shut up about music. (laughs) So, you know, you can put that first. Sure. Yeah. I'll just lead with that. Um, my soundtrack of the year is Octopath Traveler 2. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's lots of great JRPG music in here. Basically, every character has a really good theme song that they like playing at the end of each chapter. And yeah, I was always impressed by the battle themes and basically all the music they had. So that that's going to be my soundtrack of the year. I, I, I always knew you were smart and handsome, Bob, video games. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> and now I guess I'd move on to my full game of the year list but first the honorable mentions yes that's important also your apologies because you know in years past we've had segments of like i would like to formally apologize to blank that's true i don't know if you have any i have some i feel like i wanted to play more silent hope Mm -hmm. i didn't and i feel like there's two other games that i was like i should have played more i guess there's fate samurai remnant Mm -hmm. which wasn't going to make my list in, in any case but i would have liked to have played that more and figured out if it would be an honorable mention Mm. Um, and there's probably another one I'm forgetting about, but this year has been kind of crazy, so I don't know. Didn't even notice. Seems so normal. <laughs> this absolutely insanely stacked year of video games, right? Uh, but my honorable mentions: first one's Spider-Man Two. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough year. Yeah, rough it, year, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In other years, this would absolutely have placed in my top ten. 
this is a really fun Spider-Man game because of the improvement on the first one in every way. Yeah, and you're like the biggest Spider-Man fan I know, possibly. <laughs> so, Bob, what was it that didn't make it quite land? Where where does it fall short a little bit? It is a little bit too similar to the first game. Mm. We don't see mm. it, we don't see a new city. The, the combat's basically unchanged. We had some cool new stuff with the black soup, but I don't care that much about that. Yeah, this is, you know, I'll spoil mine a bit. It is also in my runner-ups. Um and that is exactly how I felt about it, too. It was weird. I didn't expect it either because I really yeah. enjoyed Miles Morales. I really enjoyed Spider-Man 1. Mm-hmm. Just something about it. The moment I finished it, I was like, it's an experience that if this year didn't have it, it wouldn't have lost anything. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's yeah, the same it's, for me. It, it's right there on the list. It, it, it's weighed down by being in this baller year and being an upgrade of a great game we already played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also in my runners-up for pretty much the same reasons. Like, <laughs> I, I liked it okay. It it feels borderline fungible. Yeah, that was the word I was trying to avoid using because it sounds so cruel. Yeah, because it's like... It's after, so true, though. After having God of War Ragnarok last year, like that was basically a better version of 2018, but it was way better. Like, it was hugely yes. improved. Yeah. So much, they spent so much money. It's like, well, most of it went to the city sim stuff that I never looked at a single time. Why would I be down there? Yeah. yeah. So you can hear funny stand up routines. Right. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> this is what you want. The, right? the Western games don't grab my arm and look me dead in the eyes and go, we're being funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> that aspect is honestly, seriously, one of the things that knocked it off my list in, in early deliberation that it was just. The fact that it, they spent so much goddamn money on the wrong stuff was so disgusting that it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, and yeah. you know, like Bob was saying, it, it, it's a stunning year of video games. Mm-hmm. It is completely reasonable for the third Spider-Man game made in a specific mold mm-hmm. to not really make a ten, top 10 in, in such a strong year. All right, I guess my next honorable mention, Uh huh. Endless Monday. Mm. This is a really fun little visual novel, which I, I love the character designs and art behind it, and I think the story is fun, but it's just, it's not, it's not enough to make it into the top 10. Yeah, it's a really great experience, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in, you know, given that it's coming in at that lower price and it's that lighter experience. Right. It's highly ab- recommended, right. as it, it turns out. It's absolutely totally worth the, like, $12 or whatever it costs. And I will definitely buy another one if they ever make another one. Yeah, the moment that dev puts out another game, it's instant. Uh, my next honorable mention, Octopath 2. Oh? I like this a lot, but it just, it doesn't have quite the structure I want from a JRPG. That That's mm-hmm. also kind of how I feel, yeah. Like, I, I really understand. It's very different. Right? Like, it's, it's in that more Saga Frontier-oriented thing where every character is segregated into their own story. And it's Dimension, not bad. Yeah. It's not. It's not bad at all, but no. I but it's just not quite up there for me. Yeah, no, yeah, the, like the fifty hour playtime I got in the past calendar week proves <laughs> that it is it is certainly not bad. Right. But that's such a big part of the game that if if you're not into that, <laughs> oops. <laughs> right. I put a hundred hours into this game, so it's not like I I You hated it, it, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I think they do some really cool stuff. Like I said, it's my favorite soundtrack of the year always had great music going i think some of the stories that are in here evolve and become really good by the end of them 
I just didn't like the structure much. <laughs> and now I guess I can move on to my actual top tens. Oh, wow. You only have that many runner-ups. That's wow. Look, I... I felt ridiculous managing my list. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> look, I, I, yeah. I'm going to look like a clown is what I'm saying. I guess. I th I'm going to basically be the God of War speech guy at the fucking <laughs> Game Awards 2022. <laughs> All right. Number 10. Sea of Stars. Ooh. I actually liked this game a lot. I, I enjoyed the combat quite a bit. And the music is pretty good. My only thing is it completely fumbled the ending. That's why it's down here at number 10. Oh. It would totally go up way higher if it didn't just fumble the final dungeon and ending to the game. Because uh, I think I talked about it before, it kind of just leads into, hey, more stuff in our universe. It's like, no, I don't care. You should have wrapped it up. You introduced a final villain. I want to beat him. <laughs> oh, no, they did that. That's the fucking worst thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's so low on here. Because mm. I really enjoyed the combat. I liked the art. I think that the dungeon design was incredible and the, the movement options were really great. But you can't just fumble that. It's fine to do the, yeah, this isn't the entire thing, but people need to know, like, from the get. Mm-hmm. Whereas this kind of was was pitched almost as, yeah, no, this is going to be it. And this is like, I think it was ended up being 40, 50 hours or something. This is a long RPG. So I, to get to the end of it and not feel satisfied is, is not great. Uh, my number nine, mm. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <laughs> a lot of stars. Yes. This is like a fun Metroidvania-style 3D action game where you get new powers and new abilities and can go f into new environments and f find new stuff all the time. I, I had a lot of fun with this. It definitely has a lot of glitches. It's still, even today, has glitches. <laughs> it just blew my mind that the fidelity mode had more visual glitches than the performance oh mode. God. I'm like, why am I playing in the fidelity <laughs> mode if it looks bad? Yeah. 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 But yeah, you'll you'll go into your spaceship and travel to a new planet and then you, everyone in your spaceship will be T-posing until <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, what is how is this still the problem? We're eight months out or something. I love when they jump into hyperspace and then you see the pilot T-pose in his chair. Yeah. That even happened in the first game to me. Mm-hmm. And that's still an issue here. Clearly, that's just the, co the corporate culture they have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I actually did enjoy the story, and I think that the movement and stuff all, all was really fun. The, the combat never really hit that hard, but at least it was serviceable, and I I got to chop off uh, Stormtrooper's arms, so, you know. That is pretty sick. <laughs> and Wampa's arms. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of Wampa-likes that you they'll grab you, and then you lop their arm off, and they're like, now they're angry, though. <laughs> yeah, sure, they have one less limb, but they're really, really pissed now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're just really cool world to explore. Um, number eight, Armored Core 6. Ooh. Uh, this would be a full two slots higher Uh huh. if the Ice Worm wasn't in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they sure. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure in my entry, I'm like, why'd you make me fight him three times? <laughs> Yeah, 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 no, I'm pretty sure that's in our force feedback video where, yeah. just, where Chris is like, why'd you do it, right? Why'd you do it? <laughs> like nobody else you fight on all three routes that, that isn't even really a boss. It is more just a cutscene you watch that you can die during. Right, <laughs> it's like twice as long as it should be at least. Yeah. 
but it's a pretty great game, you would say? Oh, yeah, it's a great game. You get to customize your mech. It looks really nice. I get to fly a giant robot around and blow stuff up. What more do you want? <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things I'm excited for, uh, well, I could name one thing I could want. Uh, a proper licked, locked 60 frames per second on PS5 or 120 frames per second mode on PS5 because on PC it's fully uncapped. Yeah, also a uh, good soundtrack. Really hurts that the soundtrack is just sort yeah. of there. Yeah, like, this was just Kota Hoshino back at his full might of the Armored Core Nexus days. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't understand, guys. Your number one's missing some mechs. You got to make this game go higher. <laughs> yeah, no, if it had that soundtrack and everything else, like, I think that the structure of the game is good. Oh, there's an ice worm. Like, right. it has just enough justification to get you to play these missions again. And they change enough little things to be like, oh, this is kind of interesting. But I do wish that the parts were better and stuff like that. That's why it's, that's why it's only landing at eight. Mm. Uh, number seven. Rusted Moss. This is the most open-ended Metroidvania I've ever played. I could go literally anywhere in it at any point, it felt like. And it was all just a skill barrier using this, uh, like, grapple hook. And you, they eventually upgrade it so it feels even better to move around using it. But without any upgrades, you can get almost anywhere, which is insane. Yeah, that's sick. I always like it when you have a basic ability that can actually get you much further than is easy. Mm -hmm. to get to yeah it's just all skill ceiling trying to figure out what to do with this rope <laughs> also you get to play it's basically a momodora game but you have a gun <laughs> <laughs> is this an armchair devs pitch <laughs> <laughs> right um for anyone who's interested in trying it i would just wait like a month they're getting out a huge update that's going to be on the pc version and it's getting ported to consoles uh, where they add new char or new characters that's playable and new animations for the guns. Like apparently they all have reload animations that are bespoke and you get to see the shells fall out and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that sounds sick. Um, but yeah, that, that game's really cool. Mm. I think it. I looked at my playtime. It said like 10 hours or so. It's pretty sizable. Yeah, it's it's also the, one of the biggest Metroidvania maps I've ever seen. Like it's ludicrously large. And there's one section of it that's like, yeah, no, you... You're chased by a giant monster here. He will kill you. <laughs> and you cannot hurt him. And that's just a, a thing you have to deal with for that whole segment. And it, it feels like legitimately scary. Uh, yeah. Number six. Mm. Pseudo Regalia. I've heard of that game. Yes. This is the one with our character design award winning character. <laughs> Sybil. It's ours? <laughs> this is ours now? <laughs> our award for it yeah oh okay <laughs> you made this i bought this uh you know this is this is a great time it's only like eight dollars or something and that's true this game's real cheap it's basically a metroidvania in 3d but you have mario 64 style like ludicrous levels of platforming and you get more and more powers as you go it just nothing feels quite like it like you have a totally different take on a wall jump a totally different way to do a high jump where you do like a ground pound then you bounce up from it and at the top of that you can do a backflip off of it to get places playing it feels like uh, and unlike anything i'm used to and i can always appreciate that like when you make a good movement system you've already got like me interested uh all right i guess i'm done to my top five yeah you gotta you gotta tell us what is the cream of the crop alan wake 2 alan wake this game 
it doesn't play well. It basically <laughs> plays like a Resident Evil 3, but not as good. Like Resident Evil 3. Yeah, Rick, but that's not... actually real. That's actually real astute. That's almost exactly what it's like. Uh, but it doesn't matter because the story and just the events of the game are so insane that it makes it worse. It. it really is. Like I said before, like a Kojima game. Finally, again, after so long, since Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not much else to say other than, man, if you haven't played Alan Wake 2, go play Alan Wake 2. Go, go what play are you Alan doing? Wake. Come on, man. It's only, it's a, I hear Epic will sell it to you for $2. <laughs> Give him another month. <laughs> God. Number four, Street Fighter 6. Yo, this is, this is an incredible fighting game. They made a sixth one? <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's honestly like, it might be one of my favorite fighting games ever. It's ludicrous. Oh, wow. I, I keep doing online matches. The online almost always feels good. It's like 110 that I find a guy on Wi-Fi who I don't connect well with. Mm. Uh, the single player modes aren't great. I think there's some really cool cutscenes they made for them. But otherwise, it's a bunch of grinding um, and wandering around an open world that's kind of empty. So I don't recommend that. But if you just jump online, you can have a really good time. Plus, the new characters is a lot of fun. Like, I'm learning menon has been pretty cool. It's, she's like a She's a grappler, but with some weird stuff going on mm -hmm. with that metal system and having more traditional moves too. Like she has uh, jump forward kicks and stuff like that to make her seem more like a, a more Shotokan style character. But then she also has those grabs that are interesting. See, this is uh, interesting to see this high on your list because as as people probably are aware, you were not hot on Street Fighter Five. No, like I don't. Or four. Was anybody? Uh, some people were hot on five, but Bob wasn't hot on five or four. Four, I ended up liking more than five by the end of four. But that doesn't, yeah, it's 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 nice. I feel like Street Fighter Six is finally where we got another thing to be proud of, right? Right. Yeah. Once Street Fighter Six gets a more full roster, then I'm like, yeah, no, that's just be one of the best fighting games ever. Like, it's kind of crazy. It's just such a solid base. Uh number three, Disgaea Seven. <laughs> look guys it's been too long <laughs> <laughs> there's a theme to the top here yes it's been so long since i had a good disgaea game i didn't enjoy one since four really <laughs> yeah that's that's a ways back yeah it's been a little while so it's really nice to see this just in full force and just embracing being of uh, this weird faux japanese setting where they have stuff like sushi instead of sushi. <laughs> yeah, and every character is a ton of fun. Like, I, I don't dislike any of the main cast, which is very rare for these. <laughs> Sui Sin's not great, but, you know, it works. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Yayasu's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this whole thing is sucking, which is very funny. <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> he can do that for you, Agro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really, like, I had to just stop myself that numerous times leading up to game of the year. Like you, you can't, you can't just go grind the dungeons. You need to, you need to play the game. You need to finish the story. It was like, no, I want to do the item world. I want, I want to, to be strong. <laughs> I want to be strong. I want good every single move. <laughs> All right, number two, Resident Evil Four. Whoa, that good, huh? No way. But Resident Evil Four is a good game. Who knew? I didn't have Ugh. twenty fucking years to figure that out. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's it's also another one that's been so long since we had what if the Resident Evil formula where you shoot a guy in the face and then kick him in the face was back. 
It's been since Resident Evil 6. Yeah, so 11, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Deranged to make me late this long. Yeah. Uh, Mercenaries mode isn't as good as I hoped, but it's still a lot of fun and I will keep playing it. <laughs> Nothing will stop me from doing that. And yeah, this it's not the same game as 4. Like, there are definitely big changes and whatnot, but it's still really good. All right. I guess I got to get to my game of the year. It's okay. We all know it's Pikmin 4. You, you got it. <laughs> you, you called it, man. Sorry to spoil that for everyone. <laughs> it's Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Play the do 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 sound effect as we transition <laughs> Bob into the cargo shorts in the Zelda shirt. <laughs> oh, no. Not again. <laughs> So, Bob, the Zelda game, Tear, Tears of the Kingdom, was it? Tell me all about it. Uh, you, you know, there's they, they use the same world as Breath of the Wild, but to make it, like, way better this time. Whoa. <laughs> what if every 12 feet or so there's a cave you go in and find something you never expected? That, that sounds pretty cool. What if you go into the Sky Temples and th they're just random puzzles where you have to shove or launch a box into a small hole in the sky? That that would be really fucking sick. Yeah, what? A, God, just so many weird little things you can find, and so many tools they give you. It's just like, yeah, yeah, build a boat. You'll need a plane for this. We're not going to tell you how. <laughs> and I'm like, good, because I'm going to try the dumbest thing imaginable first, and then laugh at how sucky I am. Right. Quick question: How many uh, logs stuck end to end can your engine handle? <laughs> We will find the exact number. <laughs> God, and then every every random random temple is now like a bizarre puzzle like that where you just look you look at it and like I know what you want me to do. Right. But what can I do instead? It was really funny. I believe I had an experience for 20 plus hours. I was solving a certain type of puzzle a certain way and you're like, "You know you could just elevate it using this thing, right?" And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course. I. Why would anyone ever make this horrible contraption of wheels I've made to slightly lift a platform? God, and then just the the odd functionalities from stuff you get, like the ascend feature, where it's just like you you would look at levels in completely different ways. When it's like, okay, if there's a flat surface above me, I can fly through it. Like that makes you think about a lot of things differently. Mm -hmm. What an interesting game! It just constantly found something that made me think wow you did this in backpack koroks they're so good they need help they want <laughs> just want to find their friend they're just trying to find a friend <laughs> if they sink in the swamp that's that's not your fault <laughs> uh, maybe a little your fault yeah i think that's probably my fault <sighs> given how it went for me yeah actually Look, the rocket ship sled was supposed to take him across the water, not into the water. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I thought I would just take him to his friend, and it shot put him into that wheat thresher. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Turns out the road to Korok Hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess if they all are sent to hell, they technically find their friend. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's a system that works. <laughs> That's it. That's my top 10. Okay, go ahead and uh, run through it again from the bottom to the top. All right, number 10, Sea of Stars. Number 9, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Number 8, Armored Core 6. Number 7, Rusted Moss. Number 6, Pseudo Regalia. 
Number five, Alan Wake 2. Alan <laughs> Number four, Street Fighter 6. Number three, Disgaea 7. Number two, Resident Evil 4. And number one, Legends of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. Uh, next, we're going to go to Chris. I guess I'll start with uh, my soundtrack of the year. My soundtrack of the year is uh, The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie. Ooh, ooh. Those games always have great soundtracks. That makes sense. It's Falcom. The, this one also has a great soundtrack that's like 90 songs long. Every single one is really catchy. There's a lot I still remember and think about. There's great ones that are lay motifs of games from 20 years ago. Mm. <laughs> it's just a really great soundtrack. Now I have to decapitate people who didn't make it into the real list. <laughs> Pseudo Regalia presents a better future where we make games with sane scopes and fidelity and they still look, they are still look great because they're in 4K and they're still great because games don't have to be gigantic, monstrous beasts with millions of dollars of life sim in them to be good. Mm -hmm. uh, you can even make them quicker with fewer people. Whoa. What a, what a thought. Is that legal? <laughs> Not if EA has their way. <laughs> uh, Endless Mondays. I really enjoyed Endless Monday. It wasn't, it if there wasn't so many things this year, it could have placed. Yeah, easily. There's a, there was a lot of charming little games that could have made it up there if this wasn't one of the most stacked, wasn't the most stacked year we've been doing this. Yeah, this is nightmarish. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been years I didn't bring 10 games in because I didn't think 10 deserved it. This year, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man 2, sorry, you don't you don't make the cut. If you didn't Shot. come out at all, my life would be exactly the same. <laughs> That's so gross. Yeah. Like, you didn't bring a single new thing to the table in any regard. It brought riding a bicycle as Peter Parker. I don't think that's enough. That, and that was... <laughs> Like, and, and a lot of that stuff is like, yeah, you, 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 Insomniac knows to crib from the good comics. So they, so it hits more than other Spider-Man things will hit, but it's like, you didn't bring anything. And in the areas where you could have been more interesting, like the Miles and Peter stuff with Peter's martyr complex, they don't go into enough. I don't feel like. Hmm. So sorry. Uh, Octopath 2, because I didn't beat it. It might have made it onto the list if I had successfully completed before this this podcast. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and 30XX, or 30XDX, as the legal name is called. <laughs> That's, that game feels incredible. It runs at like a million frames a second on PC. It feels like it's reading your mind. It, it's so unbelievably responsive. It's fun. Uh, I kind of think the late game becomes a little bit of a drag if you're not really overpowered. Because it just becomes, I'm hitting this thing so long. Mm -hmm. Why is it not dying? Unless you really get the busted shit. So it, it failed to make it. But with, with the runners up out of the way, I got to start with the real things. Number 10, Super Mario RPG remake. <laughs> Super Mario RPG is the first RPG I ever played. It got me into the genre. I bought it because it was a Super Mario game that had a commercial on TV. Mm -hmm. And this is, is a good remake. It adds some neat stuff post-game. It polishes up a couple parts. It looks incredible for a Switch game. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, Nintendo, all you need to do is make sure the Switch 2 runs this game at a higher resolution. Yeah, that's true. If you could just lock that frame rate at 60 always and it loads faster, hell yeah. Amazing. And and, and update it so it uses a more recent version of Unity so it doesn't scroll badly. <laughs> the remix soundtrack is insane. Like, these are already great songs I love with all my heart, and they just remix them orchestrally so beautifully. The secret boss is so funny and is exactly what they needed to do. I'm also just really thankful I now know what so many of the enemies are. I'm kind of scared that so many of them are tiny entities in suits. I didn't expect quite so many of those. Black mages escaped. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. But I can't in good conscience put this any higher than that. Yeah. It, it, it is ultimately almost identical to the game that was released 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. 28 years ago. You know, and this is hyperbolistic a little bit because m- not every uh, early Final Fantasy is as good as Super Mario RPG Remake. But it's like if I came in here with the pixel remasters and I was like, look, it's half my top 10. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... that would at some point you have to feel gross doing that yes now, now i want like a mario rpg remake level remake of final fantasy 6 oh that would be t- oh man <laughs> right there's no amount of like doing a visually better version of 6 i'll get tired of <laughs> it's like i just bought the pixel remaster and now there's an hd 2d version coming i feel like an idiot and he still buys it <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like, oh, they made they, they, they made a slightly higher fidelity version, 3D version now. I, I feel like an idiot, and then he buys it. Yeah, they're going to the, the HD 2D version for the Switch 2, the Switch, and then it's like, oh, great, delightful. Uh, the PS5 version added ray tracing. Uh, oh, you, oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, number nine, Atelier Rise of 3. How mighty. I forgot that was this year. Yeah, it was. It was this year. Wow. Uh, this is the culmination of the last five or so years of this franchise, and this is a pretty good send-off to this era of game. Um, this is the first time since the PS2 that they've had all three games very linearly follow the exact same characters. Like, before they would always... In fact, I'm not even sure they did it on the PS2. But before, you know, that three games in a set, characters from the from one game would show up in the sub- sequel, subsequent ones, but they would normally have different protagonists and be about very different things. This time, they did all three in a row. They it, They really built up on the characters in a way that's really interesting where like one of your party members is like like the big tough guys like man my dad's an abusive drunk i need to get the fuck out of here and then he does get the fuck out of there in the second game and in the third game you go back and he wins a fight against his father and he's like that made me feel nothing the only way i can actually feel better is to is to make peace and then not become you that's the only way to win and just a lot of development between these cuz there's not that many characters there's only like 5 or 6 and their interpersonal relationships do develop a lot over the course of these uh, these three games. They also just keep getting bigger. Like, this game starts outright by giving you access to the entire area from the first game, and then expands into two, like, continent-sized areas, similarly scaled continents from there. And it just has a lot of interesting mechanics about setting up these, these bases on each in each region, and you can decide what spec of base you want. Like, this base will let you find better materials. This base will let you earn more experience. This base will let you earn more money. So you have some degree of customization on what resources you receive. And the crafting is just... I lost way too many hours going, well, I want to craft the best version of this, so I need to craft the best version of these, but to craft the best versions of these, I need to craft the best versions of these, and to craft the best versions of these, I need to go get these items that are in these places, and I need to make this first to improve the quality of items I collect, and and you get it. You, you, yeah. you understand. Yeah. Uh, 
it's a shame these still aren't dubbed. I sure hope they bring that back with the next set of games. I feel like everybody's yelled at them enough that maybe they will. And they did start selling more with this sub-franchise. So hopefully. It feels asinine that this series doesn't get dubbed anymore, but then over there is Neptunia, which does. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that just feels farcical. That seems incorrect. Yeah. At least we're at least we're past the seventh gen thing where it's like, we're not gonna localize these trails. I mean these tales of games, that's too expensive. We're not gonna localize Yacht because that's too expensive. Here's eight Neptunia games. Those seem to fly through just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, Armored Core Six. I've never played an Armored Core before. Uh, this was a pretty good one to start with. Movement feels so good, and as you chew through the multiple playthroughs it takes to get the true ending, you pick up all on all these nuances that you internalize without even realizing it. By my third playthrough, I was just smoking everything without even realizing what I was doing different. I'm like, no, I'm just playing the game. This is just, I've always been this good, I think. I don't remember changing. <laughs> it, it, it makes you feel like you became a new type. Yes. Like, by the end, it's like, Oh, these are these are three really powerful armored cores attacking me, ambushing me on this mission. Okay, that's slightly worrying for a second until I decapitate two of them. <laughs> they unfortunately don't have double shotguns, unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even use double shotguns for most of the game. I used laser rifles. All right, yeah. I'm just like I'm just gonna stay as far away from you as possible and slowly ping you to death. And there's not much you can do. I'm faster <laughs> than you. It's it's hard to outdo somebody who's faster than you and just keeps throwing rocks. Right. What a good game. Why did I have to fight the ice worm on every route? <laughs> right? They should give a class on this game because of how well-defined all the characters are despite you never seeing them. None of them have visual manifestations. Not one. No, you just get to see an emblem in their mobile and suit. And their voice. Yeah. And their voice. And that's all you need to really well-define these characters. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Disgaea 7. I like Disgaea games, but they've fallen off hard since 4. They started leaning too hard into, like, standard anime tropes when the strength of the franchise had always been. There was some sort of satirical edge to these cliches and tropes. And then and then Disgaea 6 kind of started, brought that back, but then it just sucked. And they, they bought the nobody actually wants to play games meme and made a game designed from the ground up not to be played. Designed for you to autopilot your characters through the maps over and over again. I'm like, it's not a phone game. Yeah, it's weird. Part of me wonders if all of that came about from game journalists who need to chug games faster, being like, your game stopped me at all because I didn't engage with it. You should make this easier. No, I think yeah, I it was know. mobile games being so popular in Japan. Okay. I really think that was it. Uh, but Disguise 7 brings it back, and it's the best entry since probably 3. Uh, it has fun, memorable characters that properly thread the, that Disguise needle between, like, I'm an anime archetype and also really insufferable. <laughs> and they all have killer designs. This is one of the best designs of the cast probably ever. Yeah. Yeah, I can like I didn't play the game at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but just looking over at Bob playing it, it was very evident that this character design game in this is strong. Yeah. It even nails a couple emotional moments which you never which is which is always what you want. The the back hat the back chunk of a disguise game should at least have one or two really satisfying moments. And Five maybe didn't succeed in that at all because it was so generic in so many ways and the main character kind of didn't have a personality at all. Uh, it is a little easy because so many maps are kill the commander to win, which I don't think were in basically any of the prior games. Uh, th that would come up once in a while. 
once in a while, but it feels like it's most maps in this one. It's like, well, I'm just going to build a tower and throw my strongest unit right next to him and debone him like a chicken. <laughs> right. You did have that buff from pre or from buying the physical edition or something where you got the double XP. <laughs> That's yes, true. I did have that. <laughs> but all I that meant is I didn't have to grind, really. <laughs> uh, but I am setting the dial to we're so back. <laughs> uh, number six, Pizza Tower. Oh, that should have been uh, my runners-up. I didn't even yeah, think about like, it. Wow, Bob just didn't even include it. I, I wasn't going to say anything, though, because that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Cyberpunk so something something. something, something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was supposed to be your runner-up, too? Yeah, probably. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. It's over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bob, you suck. Why do you hate good games? <laughs> Pizza Tower is a tight, inventive platformers that has that has fun new ideas in every level. It has delightful character designs and wonderful expressive sprites and a soundtrack that seems stupid for how good it is. Yeah. There's a reason it basically took over quarter one in terms of like mind share for artists and creatives. I don't know how much more I can say about it. It's just good. Like it's probably cast the widest net of any game on my list. And like if, if you told me to recommend one, I didn't know a person and had to recommend a game to them. It would probably be Pizza Tower. Have you seen this rat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's impossible to look at brick and not be delighted i mean that single still frame of brick driving the taxi yes is like such a strong image that anyone's like i'm interested i'm listening Ooh, top five yeah number five the legend of heroes trails into reverie People say Trails fans are annoying, but I say they're entitled to be a little annoying because <laughs> they're fans of the only JRPG franchise that actually fucking understands the thing these games need to have in them. Uh. <laughs> Every Trails game has several distinct, interesting cities populated by memorable NBCs that you explore with a cast of memorable and strong characters that totally aren't transparent analogs for popular anime and manga characters from two to five years prior to the game coming out. <laughs> what a specific statement. <laughs> you level up and get strong in many different ways, and sometimes you fight a really strong guy, deplete 30% of his health, then he says he was holding back and goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> and Trails into Reverie executes all these points at the highest level of the franchise so far. It helps it's the culmination of two different sub- franchises within the franchise one of which i didn't play at all and the stuff still mostly landed that's pretty impressive it has hysterical character writing that builds on the foundations of these characters that have existed for several games it has a highly polished combat system that just gives up and gives you the keys to shatter the kneecaps of everything <laughs> good <laughs> yeah some bosses didn't even get to take a turn <laughs> That's how you know you did it right. It's the exact right <laughs> level of tune where you can play the game like a normal person, enjoy a standard difficulty curve, min-max and grind slightly and be comfortably powerful, or be a sicko like me and be an unstoppable god king. It, it is to note that they do tune these games so that it can that it is possible to do a four-up higher difficulty scale. Like, there's four difficulties above normal. And it, it can work. Weird. Because they've tuned these mechanics so well. Uh, it also has maybe the funniest character in any game I've ever played. Bang Shishigami? <laughs> is it that Code Geass character you showed us? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Of course. Helped a lot by his voice actor, who I can't say who it is because it would tell Agro who that character is. Mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Number four. Resident Evil 4 Remake. 
this guy is seventh in seventh place. Resident Evil 4 is in fourth place. I didn't place. do that on purpose. That's just how it worked out. <laughs> oh, my God. First place is going to be the wonderful wine. <laughs> oh, no. That's not a game. And I don't and I don't mean I don't mean it's a DLC so it doesn't count. I mean it doesn't rise to the level of a game. It's a game, but you're the one being played. <laughs> uh Resident Evil 4 is another one of my favorite games. Is Resident Evil 4 remake as good as it? No. <gasps> but it is very close. And now that it has the separate ways DLC, it's even closer. The expansion of story elements like Krauser and Luis really helps. And while I am sad they cut the giant ludicrous lava room that exists for no reason, (laughs) almost everything else is in, in separate ways, if not in the base game. It's a little less arcade-y than the original, like it doesn't have the arcade game-esque appeal. Not entirely, but it still has some of it. And you can still suplex, guys, so it passed the on-off scale I set for it prior to its release. Yes. (laughs) It's a bit lower because there are some things I, I really don't, And this, again, this is going to sound insane because I'm a person that played the original to death. It bothers me a lot that upgrading your ammo doesn't top off your gun. Mm -hmm. That really irritates me. That is a core part of the Resident (laughs) Evil 4 veteran experience. (laughs) I also wish they had gone a little bit crazier with post-game unlocks. Resident Evil 3 Remake had those offense and defense coins that you could buy that made all your attacks stronger or made your defense stronger. I would have loved to have those in RE4 Remake. Yeah, if there's they one They even part... had the charm system, and they didn't un- let me unlock any goofy charms. Right, I was going to say, if there's one part of this game that really suffers from not having like a fully thought-out arc to the power scaling and abilities of it, it really is the charm system. It's such an afterthought that even having beaten that game as many times as I did, which I think was four, at least four playthroughs, I just went, oh yeah, the charm system is there. Right. Yeah. Number three, Star Ocean, the second story R. Star Ocean, the second story is one of the defining games of young Chris's teenage years. I didn't have a lot of money. So even during the PS2's lifespan, a lot of my time was spent replaying my PS1 games. And Star Ocean 2 was one of the ones I played the most. And this is the dream remake. It looks unbelievable. It sounds amazing. They added all these new animations while remaining faithful to how they look. They onboard you to the crafting system more than not doing that at all. (laughs) (laughs) They added in all this new content in places that you wouldn't expect. They made things that were useless in the original game not useless anymore. They fixed Claude's ray gun. Only a complete obsessive would even think to do that. And they did. It's the rare remake that doesn't just make a game more accessible or prettier. It expands on it in minor but sensible ways. It would have been even higher if they hadn't made the colors so much more drab. Ooh, top two. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. This game shouldn't exist. It just shouldn't. (laughs) This is probably the riskiest game ever made in the sense of even a single misstep makes it unplayable. Mm. Nintendo hinged the sequel to their genre-redefining super game that seven years later is still transparently being copied on mechanics that feel like complete dog shit if they don't work 100% of the time. And they do. The average person will play through Tears of the Kingdom and never experience it behaving in a way they shouldn't. It shouldn't. It's It requires so much work to break even a little bit. My jaw dropped at the shrine where it's like, 
okay, here's a raft with wheels on the side. Glue boards to the wheels and make a paddle boat. <laughs> it works exactly like you think it would. It will tolerate whatever stupid fucking solution you come up with to solve something. Anything. You can try whatever dumb shit you want, and if the idea behind it is sound, it'll work. There are shrines where it's like, I don't know what the solution to this is. I built a giant staircase and walked up it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even getting into the three-layered world that's incredible. Them fixing the weapon durability problems, how much better the the dungeons are than the ones in the first game. Yeah, they're like actually dungeons this time. <laughs> They, they followed up one of the strongest games ever made with a game that kind of makes it look like a tech demo. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't Spider-Man 2 just do that? <laughs> <laughs> Miracles are real, guys. Why aren't you doing that? So why aren't you Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody is saying that's Insomniac right now. <laughs> oh my God. I think I had to read that book in middle school. <laughs> and number one... My game of the year is Alan Wake 2. I'm going to be honest. I was starting to really get ground down by high-budget gaming. Every AAA game plot just feels so self-serious tonally. It was starting to weigh on me. And I was also getting sick of how often characters just seem to be assholes to each other. How many people seem to think, well, these two characters just snapping at each other like overly aggressive dogs, that's character writing. And Alan Wake 2 doesn't have any of that. When when you get to the part where Saga is dealing with the uh, the Federal Bureau of Control woman and they aren't pointlessly confrontational to each other, I got mm. confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, fair. wait, where, wait, where's the chunk? Where's the chunk of the game where the authority figure is stupid and unreasonable no matter what happens? <laughs> the, the, yeah. Is, isn't this a high budget game with realistic graphics? I'm confused. She's supposed to be stupid and unreasonable and, and make the problem worse. She's not doing that. She's trying to resolve things. It has a clear vision and direction and just is so delightful in every way from how it frames scenes. The All the live action stuff is so charming. Oh, yeah. Those commercials you run into of the two brothers are incredible. <laughs> did, did They're you, so good. Dude, did you know they sold an oh dear coffee thermos? No. <laughs> I was, I was scrambling trying to find it. I'm like, I need this. I need the Oh Dear Diner coffee thermos. Um, Ilka Vili, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He is the actor who plays Alan Wake physically. Is such an amazing facial actor. Like, he, he he's just funny to look at when he's <laughs> making faces in all these live action scenes. He, he's able to look like a confused dog better than any actor I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. And, and the, the, un, the unbelievably funny, which you know, you know Sam Lake was smirking the whole time he was writing this. As you get further in, it's like, oh, Alan Wake's a stupid hack. <laughs> All of this is because he's a stupid hack. <laughs> and then you get to Warlindor going, bro, this hell is literally of your own creation. <laughs> Nobody did this to you. You did this to you. No, it's got to be a horror story. <laughs> like he talks, he, he talks so much about the rules and the, what from Warlindor's conversation, I assume it's just all, he, all that shit's not true. Right? <laughs> it's 
It's exactly, like, he comes off exactly as much of a dipshit as some artist who would say they're enslaved by their own genius would. <laughs> and, and, and Saga, meanwhile, is such a down-to-earth character. She's so straightforward, but also still fun. And honestly, the stuff with her kid is real, makes a lot of tension mm -hmm. in parts where I'm like, it, it would flip from, okay, it's really funny now. It's Now it's like, reality is trying to kill your child. Like someone is rewriting reality to make it so you killed your child through neglect. And that is terrifying. And, and, and they still, they, after Alan Wake, one only had one musical scene. <laughs> they correctly figured out that Alan Wake 2 needed to have two and gave us Initiation 4, which is maybe the best segment of any game ever made. Yeah. <laughs> and in the development, during developing it, multiple people were like, Sam Lake, do we really need this segment of the game? It's really hard to make work. And Sam Lake just went, yes. <laughs> and he was right. He was mm -hmm. right. This, yeah. Would, yeah. this would not be my, my game of the year if it was not for that scene. For not for that segment. Mm -hmm. It ties everything together. And because they're just ripping off Resident Evil, the gameplay is mostly tolerable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if only that worked during the PS1 generation. <laughs> so many games that just ripped off Resident Evil. It's like, no, you are you are too rough. <laughs> this is unplayable. <laughs> it got, still got a lot of those by, like, Overblood. <laughs> I don't know that we can be like, Overblood is a success. <laughs> uh, I never, ever, ever, ever intend to play this game on anything but story difficulty ever again. Mm -hmm. That's just not going to happen. I could gush about it so much. Like, every little thing is funny. Like, yeah, he fed the moose coffee until it died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just how shitty Coffee World is to begin with. First of all, the coffee theme park being in the town called Watery. Mm -hmm. Yes, obviously. Already knows what they're doing. <laughs> but it sucks so bad. And I've seen places like that. Where it's like, mm. this is one guy who who made a bunch of money in this small town. He's like, I can do this. I'm like, no, you really can't. <laughs> I, I'm very impressed by those rides you bought from the state fair when they replaced them with better rides. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also just, there's so many interesting things, like the manuscript pages having the cutscene of Alan Wake writing them. When you upgrade Saga, it cuts to Alan Wake writing Saga, realizing the upgrade. It was so brilliant to give a game prose, you know, other than a visual novel. Objectively, the highest form of art. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of down on control, honestly. Like, I think that leaned way too much into being an action game. Yeah. And didn't I... have enough of, of the remedy sauce in it. Mm hmm Like, it had a little bit. It didn't have zero. It had some parts that were real great. But a lot of it was kind of, yeah, you're running around this office building with concrete environments shooting things. I'm like, that's not really what I want out of a Remedy game. And this brought it back so hard. I, in no world did I imagine I would boot the game and be playing as a naked guy with his dick flopping around. That was, <laughs> that was really shocking. But yeah, that's my game of the year. Well, let's run up through the list again, starting with your number 10. Number 10, Super Mario RPG Remake. Number nine, Atelier Rise of Three. Number eight, Armored Core Six. Number seven, Disgaea Seven. Number six, Pizza Tower. Got so many games having numbers in their name. <laughs> number five, The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie. Number four, Resident Evil Four Remake. 
Number three, Star Ocean, the second story, R2. Or, no, just Star Ocean, the second story, <laughs> R. Number two, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. And number one, Alan Wake 2. Okay, well, uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, as I said before, this opening segment, before we even get to best soundtrack, uh, is going to sound like I'm the Kratos actor uh, <laughs> doing the speech that will ruin everyone's time next year. <laughs> so I have a, I have a few uh, things, okay? All we right. have three segmentations for my opening. Oh my God, opening. what? <laughs> Apologies. Okay. Where I'm going to apologize to games I didn't get to play at all. Let me go ahead and get those out of the way. Uh, sea of Stars and Star Ocean 2, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but sea of Stars looked really great. I loved hearing about the timing-based mechanics a la Super Mario RPG. The aesthetic seemed really, really cool. I didn't come around to playing it, unfortunately. Um, Star Ocean 2, I grew up with Star Ocean 2 in this HD 2D remake looks immaculate and all of the quality of life stuff that's been added makes it sound so incredible so it's heartbreaking that uh i didn't get around to playing it but at the same time i know how i feel about giving a game that is already a game that exists the game of the year for a certain year it's only funny when it's no more heroes 3 <laughs> escaping the switch <laughs> um talos principle 2 um i really wish i had gotten to that that is the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> the making of Karateka is an incredible new effort to make the fusion documentary game in the space of games. It does so many things I had wished people had done with collections in the past of like, no, 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 get every version of the thing. Just slam them all in there. Give developer commentary, show the game through development, all this stuff. That is exactly what I want from this sort of space because you may not be able to make the definitive way to play each individual version, right? You're, you're probably never going to be able to get the in input latency as low as, say, a mister mm -hmm. or something like that. But you can make a great historical document out of your game. And they did it, but I didn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> Hypocrite. Um, Lunacid seemed cool. That's the end of that statement. Yup. And Xenoblade 3 Chronicles. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed DLC. Uh, I have been told by people on the internet, I have 280 more hours of video game to go play before I could really appreciate this. No, don't. don't no, do that. sorry. It's done now. <laughs> that's definitely why I didn't play it. No other reason. <laughs> that's, that's it for my uh, apology segment. Um... I want to go ahead and throw out some honorable honorable mentions that are really cool games and great experiences from this year that I wouldn't quite call runner-ups for specific reasons. Uh, first one's uh, Moss Book, uh, one and two. Um, absolutely great. As I've said before, I'd big thing to mention, if the, it was Rodent of the Year, Quill would have won. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Quill is the mouse you play as, or you play alongside of because you are the viewer peering in through the book seeing the story and she can see you see her she speaks in uh various promo material in american sign language using her mouse arms and stuff ah. it's so cool uh her, she's so communicative and it is a really great time as you puzzle solve and platform your way through various spaces that are kind of like zelda <laughs> it's just like why oh right it's like the the gorillas from congo <laughs> why <laughs> 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 holy shit jesus christ paper beast <laughs> no real quick does she have a laser gun <laughs> no she doesn't she doesn't wait well mm. Mm. <laughs> i 
see um kind of yeah actually all right good great damn it i can't believe i let bob have that <laughs> paper beast is an incredibly powerful experience that happened to me it feels so different to compare to these things these other things and it feels so wrong to rank <laughs> This is a game that I feel like exists almost outside of the notion. The beauty and horrifying nature of the alien world you explore in Paper Beasts and the PSVR 2 experience, because this is enhanced edition, making it so much easier to get immersed because your field of view is better, your, your HDR is there so you can see better in the caves, your, your motion controls are good at all because you're not using two move, move controllers. Like... It is a great experience, but it's really hard to put that in the same space as everything else. And uh, my last uh, honorable mention, Void Stranger. I like what Void Stranger is putting down, but then it pissed me off because I got, I put a lot of time into getting the second ending and then I got one of those. Isn't it cool if you do this hyper-specific thing, you get this really weird ending instead of this other stuff that is this other massive chunk of the game you might want to play? And I'm like, in another context, that is very cool. <laughs> in this context, I am done playing Void Stranger. <laughs> so, um, really amazing stuff in that game. Really powerful stuff. The strongest Sokoban game ever made. Anyways, let's get to the runner-up, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, though this may accidentally be in the order they should be mentioned in, this is just, that would be coincidence. Endless Monday Dreams and Deadlines is a game that had an impact on me as a uh, procrast <laughs> serial procrastinator <laughs> who crammed this over the course of a weekend for game of the year. It is such a delightful game, and I really look forward to what this dev is doing next. It is really great to sit down with a game that didn't cost that much money. That is three hours of very funny exchanges, very cute characters, great designs, great comedy, and extremely relatable ennui. I really appreciate that the worst ending in the game is the one where she goes to become a farmer and then defeats slimes in a nearby cave. And I'm like, that's the best ending. There's no way it gets better from here. <laughs> She's playing Room Factory. It sounds great. Exactly. Uh, next up, Super Mario RPG Remake. That soundtrack is incredible. Those visuals are incredible. That game is such a great game. I, I played the original a lot, though. Um, <laughs> right. And that's like the lack of freshness is kind of like what it what does it for me, where it's like you're just any other year, man. Any other year. Where were you in 2020? <laughs> uh, but I am... Really glad that remake exists. I hope to revisit it again on the Switch too. Maybe it locks the 60 frames per second. Um, the soundtrack is absolutely incredible. They did such a bang-up job. She memoria, she don't miss. <laughs> Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is cool as shit. Yeah, it is. What an amazing game. What a great soundtrack. Yeah, do you get decapitated in the first mission of any other Jet Set Radio? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I don't know. I didn't play the original Jet Set. <laughs> Maybe that does happen. Uh, seventh Guest VR. Uh, really fun. I love the characters in this. Their actors do such an amazing job of taking these character tropes and cranking them up to 11. Uh, <laughs> I laughed so hard playing this game, and there were a couple heartfelt moments, too, as I'm solving these puzzles all throughout the house. It really, any other year, and it, I feel like it would have landed too. What a ridiculous year 2023 has been. Yeah. 
Uh, Synapse. Synapse is kind of crazy in that it, it flew under everyone's radar because it's VR. <laughs> but it is a roguelike shooter in VR where you have telekinetic powers and you get to stack all of these skill trees in order to keep re-entering the mind space of David Hayter to invade and get the information out. You need to for your government or for him. Oh, no. Uh, I played almost the entirety of this game in one session. My feet hurt. <laughs> I uh, did not think I would be playing it all in one go. Uh, so I didn't put out a yoga mat or anything. I was just standing on hard wood and that sucked by the end. But Synapse is really, really strong. Any other year would have made it. You know what else would have made it in any other year? Metroid Prime Remastered. That is an excellent update of that game. That is such a good way to play Metroid Prime. Thank you. <laughs> that that seems like it took a tw 22 years a little too long but uh we're there metroid prime two sticks <laughs> whoa you can look one way move another uh and i know everybody's gonna be like you could have modded on a pc to use that yeah i'm not here for mouse look i'm not here for i just want an experience people can go to to play metroid prime one this has given me so much confidence in metroid prime 4 which is definitely coming out by the end of this year <laughs> You know it, man. And uh, this one is definitely ordered correctly because this is my last runner up. This is this actually got to the point where it was excruciating. <sighs> Pikmin four is my <laughs> mm. my virtual eleventh place pick. Mm -hmm. oh. They absolutely nailed it. They got Pikmin down. Ochi brings so much to the gameplay. The scale of it the environments, how the time cycle works, the ebbs and flows of the tide to change where you can walk. The game has so many amazing things in it and it's so delightful and so fun. And for me this year, it just barely doesn't make the list and that hurts. I wish it came out any other year. It would have been so high on those lists. And I guess I got to get to my top 10. But before I get to my top 10, uh, uh I, okay, so I know I've been very self-indulgent so far. Uh-huh. This will change nothing. I'm going to continue to be self-indulgent. So my top three soundtracks of the year. <laughs> Do it. Number three, Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake 2 has an absolutely stellar soundtrack, not only because of Initiation 4, uh-huh, uh, but also the intercool songs that play at the end of every episode and how they change for who they're for. Mm -hmm. Those songs are really, really great. This is a soundtrack I would absolutely listen to outside of this game. More developers need to just pick a band, a small band. They like, like, we're partnering with you forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, again, that was the best part of Control, and it's even way better here. <laughs> Second place, 30XX. I spent years waiting for this game to come out so that way I could give it my soundtrack of the year and I had spent all of those years listening to the soundtrack. So the only reason this isn't my soundtrack of the year is because it's no longer fresh. That's uh, it. Yeah, that makes sense. Listening yeah. to the same song for that long, we'll do right. that. But, but it's so good. It hasn't lost any luster. It's just not novel. So it doesn't feel like it's 2023. It feels like it's older. Yeah. It feels weird. It feels bizarre. But uh, 30XX's soundtrack is absolutely incredible. Probably the game soundtrack I've listened to the most outside of playing a game uh, next to Zone of the Enders 2. And my soundtrack of the year, Pizza Tower. Have you heard that thing? <laughs> Every song is great. That's it. That's all I got to say.
there's 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 the final boss music there's the escaping the level music they really nail the two things pizza tower absolutely nails is animation and music mm-hmm. like all the sound design so good uh they absolutely nailed it honorable mentioned a pistol whip um you're you're licensed though so that's like awkward <laughs> yeah it's awkward well, it's still the music that's in the game <laughs> i know but it's like Compared to these other things, I couldn't give it even a top three. It would be fourth, literally. If it makes you feel better, I can type it. Right there. Like <laughs> that yeah. you're runner up of your top three uh-huh. of your soundtrack. <laughs> but now we need to get into honorable mentions. <laughs> okay, so before I read this top ten, you need to understand this was the most excruciating it's ever been. Uh, it has taken me to dark places to rank these games. I emerged through the other end of this game of the year, changed, slightly worn down, <laughs> devastated at the decisions I had to make. <laughs> and you, you don't get to sit there and be like, I don't agree with you, Dan. Why is that game there? You know what? It wasn't easy, but we made it through game of the year 2023. <laughs> right? <laughs> My number 10 is going to be the least understandable to anyone who hasn't played it. And even some who have. Walkabout Mini Golf VR. <laughs> Preach. I think that's completely understandable. It is incredible the sort of mastery they do when they craft these environments in a sort of lo-fi fidelity you would expect in an intercool era of graphics between the PS1 and the PS2 that still accomplish such a tone and mood to them. That is great. You get absolutely stunning recreations of like something like the Island of Mist, but even their original stuff, like the pirate shit stuff, the Celtic Islands sort of level, all these other regions have such a beautiful, beautiful grandiosity to it that it really is amazing to just fly up into the atmosphere and look upon all of it. And outside of the visuals, even, this is such a great space for like a multiplayer game for VR because you don't need to set up a lobby. It's not complicated. You just get a room code. You give it to anyone on any platform who has this game. They jump in immediately and you get to see their avatar in these 3D spaces and the voice, you know, check properly comes out of them. So you're able to see your friends in this space looking around for all the hidden stuff. Uh, and as I've described on a big thing to mention on the easy mode, you know, you're looking for golf balls on the hard modes. You get to do different optional things that weave a narrative. And it's really neat to just go on a combination fun putt putt golf thing that is gamified because, of course, no mini golf thing would be able to set up the courses like this has and be OSHA compliant. Like you just have too many handrailless sets of rock steps going down flights of stairs. You have giant things. You're knocking the ball off of to ramp on to a different Island. Basically there are so many things like that, that are just really fun. And the physics are really good. I rarely ever just go. That's wrong. Uh, which actually is a surprisingly hard thing to nail in VR. As someone who likes Hot Shots Golf, but not a ton of other golf games, like I also enjoy Mario Golf, I don't really consider myself a golf fanatic, but I do enjoy mini golf somewhat. This is easily jumped up to like my number two favorite golf game ever right under Mario Golf, depending on the entry, of course, because some Mario Golfs are lesser than others. Yes. It was a great time, and um, let me tell you, for the VR representation on this list, they really benefited from this is the year that all of them got to escape to the PSVR 2, which is the first VR headset that I've got to experience that has 
great controls, low, uh, high comfort on the headset, amazing HDR, OLED displays inside of it. In a number of ways, it outdoes, you know, what the MetaQuest is offering. And in a number of ways, it outdoes what some of the PC space is. There's an ease of use with it that is there for PSVR 2 that isn't there for PC and definitely wasn't there for PSVR 1 either because you needed a camera that pointed at you and two charged move controllers and all this stuff. This really was, for me, the first moment where it felt like we hit the critical load of this is good enough to get in there and be immersed and have a great time and not worry about all these layers in between. And this year gets to cheat. I'm so interested in 2024 because, you know, enough games will have escaped prior years on other platforms. Mm, yeah. Because for people who don't know, we have the clause, which is usually called the switch clause. Where it's a, the games escapes this platform that you absolutely do not want to engage with it on to a more palatable one. We allow that. So that way in 2024, I could bring in Toho Luna Nights. <laughs> okay. I will stop talking about VR games for now. Alan Wake 2 is my number nine. I hate combat in this game. <laughs> Everything else is amazing. <laughs> the story, the characters, the moments, all of it hits so many emotions so strongly that it makes you go, wait a second, this was the fucking point of AAA. What the fuck are the rest of you doing? Ah. <laughs> What the hell is the point of spending $280 million on a Spider-Man game where they don't dance? Dan, I'm grabbing your head. I'm looking you dead in the eyes. We're funny now. We're funny. <laughs> no! We're funny? No! You, you can go down and hang out with these NPCs on the ground that you would never have any reason to do that in a Spider-Man game and hear jokes that Insomniac wrote during, during everybody's lunch breaks over seven years. We're funny. We're funny now. This is the funny time. This is value. $305 million. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Wake 2 is so good. Um, it would be my game of the year if I enjoyed the combat. <laughs> it, it really would. Um, I just did not enjoy the combat to such a degree that it is my number nine. Uh, it's exactly what Chris said. I want to do another playthrough. I am never not doing it on story. Right. This is incredible, though, because uh, as Chris was talking about, you know, control is something that was of interest to me, but I dislike the combat so much in that. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't fire for me. Maybe on PC it would, but I don't know that I just never beat it. But this, the story grips you. The comedy is so good. The character portrayals, acting and everything. The layers of metatextual representation. Like the part where you can look at the flesh and blood actor for Alan Wake and go, but that's not the real Alan Wake. That's the Alan Wake outside of your control. So it's maybe not him. It's the vision of him. He's <laughs> enduring until he gains a control again in the darkness. Absolutely amazing. I love Alan Wake too. You get a nine. When are they going to make a melee action game? Where's my character action remedy game? Oh my god, I'm I worry about Hopefully how Hopefully never that will be. because <laughs> because there is two in there's two games in the entire western canon of video games that have good melee combat and both of them have God of War in the name and came out within the past decade. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um uh, my number 8 Pizza Tower. Pizza Tower absolutely nails it. That's that's all I have to say. I really am bummed out that I did not play Wario games before this. 
Because I, I worry I'm coming in here and I'm just like, I've never played a visual novel before, but this one's the best. <laughs> uh, Pizza Tower's characters are so fantastic. Watching Pepito constantly melting down as scary things come to him. It's so amazing. I really enjoyed my time with that game. I loved blitzing through it. And then like the Friday stream the next week, watching Bob do it too. That game is so dense with really cool design decisions about like you should just be able to run straight up a wall and then do this wall kick off of it all the mobility stuff is really really great uh my number seven silent hope silent hope is basically flawed in only one way it does not have multiplayer that is it outside of that it is the perfect form of itself <laughs> silent hope is basically exactly what it says on the tin it is almost a Diablo 1 or 2 style game made by the people who made Story of Seasons. <laughs> there are cute characters. There are all these item crafting and farming systems. And you get to have a fun, quick, responsive, action light sort of game as you travel down here. There are all sorts of systems you can utilize to make yourself unbelievably powerful. It's such a great game. And I really look forward to my next playthrough. And even better, since it is designed to run on the Switch at 30 frames per second, that means on a 4090, it runs at hundreds of frames a second. So, you know damn well what my first video game I'll ever play on that mythical, hopefully going to get it, putting it on the dream board, 480 hertz monitor will be. <laughs> I need to see that shit. It will be like peering into the very face of God. My number six is number six for the exact same reason Alan Wake... Two is number nine. I hate the combat in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I love everything else, and it is unprecedented how good and amazing that game is in countless ways. However, they're like, here's a room full of enemies, and I'm like, I just wish a side jump felt good. Even that would be nice. <laughs> I had such a great time with the game. I don't think I've ever enjoyed an open world game so th of that scale to that extent ever. Because, you know, you scale it down, infamous. You know, Infamous is like, what, a 20th the size or something? Probably not even that. Probably not even. But there are so many cool things in this game, and it has possibly the best plot twist in 2023. <laughs> and that was a really amazing moment. My number five, Armored Core 6. Immaculate feeling game. It is the best feeling Armored Core. I wish it had the best soundtrack in Armored Core. I wish it had something approaching Armored Core 2 or Nexus's soundtrack, but Armored Core 6 does an absolutely amazing job of building out boss fights that feel absolutely incredible to engage with. Because while they had boss fights in prior Armored Cores, I do not believe 99% of them were anywhere near good enough to step to this game. They really figured out how to make it something that's still technical and hard to engage with to get to the highest skills like play, mm -hmm. but also incredibly approachable. They did it, and I'm so glad it's back, and I'm so glad they nailed it. The only complaints are, I wish there was a little more game, and that getting the other routes was more interesting. Uh, the Ice Worm's fine, just uh, master the exact moments you need to shoot, and when to aim, and all that, and then it's only done in I, uh, half an hour. Right? That's all. I, yeah, I did that. It's still bad. <laughs> well, you don't have a spare half an hour to give the game for its cool-looking boss fight? <laughs> My number four is Pseudo-Regalia. Damn. 
I love 3D platformers, dude. This fucking nailed it for me in so many ways. Um, I always thought it was weird when 3D platformers weren't more explored in the sort of early surgence of indie games. And I feel like they have really made something completely unique here. And as Bob was mentioning, the mobility stuff is so incredible to engage with. And that's really the word for it. You're engaging with it. You know, some 3D platformers, and uh, I'm not going to say anything uh, about which ones, might, instead of giving you really cool moves you can do to chain off of other things and use the physics to your advantage to get to a place, maybe you just enter a stance of sorts and now you can walk up a steep hill. (laughs) (laughs) And it feels really good that Pseudo Regalia specifically built an entire game out of that aesthetic this is the exact if I if the entire video game industry burned to the ground and it was just now all these indies are making their own sort of pseudo regalia tier thing, I would be happier. <laughs> I love pseudo regalia. I'm so happy it exists. My number three is Resident Evil 4 remake. I beat that game four times. I want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that game's the only game I played on PC this entire year that worked correctly. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. That is the only video game they have nailed hair perfectly if you play it on the high fidelity mode, which runs fine on a 4090. (laughs) (laughs) Resident Evil 4 Remake is such a hyper-polished version of Resident Evil 4, I actually think it is better than the original in some ways. It is such an incredible experience. It's completely unreal that it came out this good. I did not expect to enjoy this game as much as I did. I'm so excited for my next playthrough. Uh, And hilariously, you know that apology segment I did where I was like, I'm sorry I didn't play your game? Uh Uh-huh. I have to say that for one more game, Resident Evil 4 and VR. (laughs) Of course. I didn't try it. I own it on PC like a stooge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, at least the hair looked nice and it ran at really high frame rates. That's something. My number two game of the year is Puzzling Places. Hmm. And that is not an experience... I think most people will be able to understand until they put on the headset, like the PlayStation 5 OS tells you to. <laughs> put on the headset. I'm like, what? Okay. We'll beat you up in a parking lot until you do. <laughs> <laughs> it is akin to deep meditation. It is a beautiful space in which you get to explore and appreciate the nuances of things going together. It is, on paper, just a VR jigsaw game. But actually doing it is such a pleasant experience, incomparable to any other. I wish I had analogs for what playing puzzling places was like for me, but they simply don't exist. Sometimes you'll play a AAA game, or at least I will, and you'll be like, oh, that was eight hours gone, and I just did the dumbest thing I can imagine for eight hours, and now my day's over. Puzzling places, you can spend seven hours in there putting together the different beautiful sets of churches and city streets during a snowy winter, coastlines in Spain and all these regions. And at the end of doing that for seven hours, you're like, that was great. That was a great time. I regret nothing. This was important and meaningful to me. I was floored when I realized I had hit 35 hours into that game. Only a couple weeks after I got it. I'm so, I'm so upset it's not on Steam. <laughs> because so many of my <laughs> VR playing friends only have PC VR. Mm-hmm. It's only on Quest and PlayStation. 
Anyways, my, my, my number one's Pistol Whip. Who didn't see that coming? <laughs> did, did you not see that coming, listener? That's What do you not get? Pistol Whip is John Wick as a rhythm game shooter. Strobing lights, amazing music, you dodging bullets in slow motion, getting headshots on the beat for all of these cool levels, and they keep adding cooler ones. Here's the core set. It's the concept of the game with some cool techno. Oh, what's that free update? Now it's cowboy shit. You have dual shotguns that have explosive ammo. You have skeleton riders going on wagons next to you, <laughs> shooting at you. What's that? Another new set. Hip-hop album infused. We got fucking people falling from the sky when you're in a domino chess landscape. Amazingly cut to a hip-hop remix of classical music. It is an amazing experience. And also there's that spooky one. <laughs> uh, the, the fact they keep updating this game with more and more free levels is absolutely nuts. They have such a long content roadmap and I've had to spend zero cents on it. It is not often I play a rhythm game where I'm just like, you had a perfectly valid and enjoyable idea for how to make a new type of rhythm game. Because most of the time it's like, hey, this is a new way to do the inputs. And I'm like, yeah, but it sucks to do. <laughs> <laughs> Pistol Whip is so great. I wish it was as good on other headsets because <laughs> I tried it on uh, I tried it on MetaQuest 2 as well. And I was like, oh, this is like pistol womp womp <laughs> <laughs> anyways that does it for my top 10 i'll go ahead and read it from the bottom to the top and then we'll get to aggro my number 10 is walk about mini golf vr number nine alan wake two number eight pizza tower number seven silent hope number six the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom number five armored core six number four pseudo regalia Number three, Resident Evil 4 with the remake implied. They really should have put that in the title. I hate that I yeah. have two Resident Evil 4s on my PS5. But one is Resident Evil 4 slash Biohazard. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it has Biohazard stuck in the name now. Huh. Number two, Puzzling Places. And my number one game of the year, Pistol Whip. Wow, that Star Wars VR game didn't even make it to your runner-up. No! Uh, you want to hear the story for that, because I feel like somebody's interested, right? Sure. Because you saw my tentative top ten for a long time. You probably... I went back and played it. Uh-huh. Mechanically, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy Edge it, uh, Definitive Edition, I believe, is the thing at the very end of the title, is really great. Mm -hmm. Mechanically immaculate game. Absolutely superb to engage with. They make bad levels. Yeah. yeah I, that's, I remember that. Uh -huh, yeah. So... When you, when you play the great levels, it is truly a 10 out of 10 video game. <laughs> the problem is you have to play other levels to get to the great levels. Right. And it is definitely diminished by that experience. They could have literally made a game that was as dumb as like, wh what's the name of the uh, second Jedi game? Because it's, they go Dark Forces and Dark Forces 2. Is yeah, that right? Uh, Dark Forces 2 Jedi, Jedi Knight. Knight. So, and then Jedi Outcast. Okay. So... Jedi Knight is the level of complexity for storytelling and building a level that you could have done, and this would have been a 10 out of 10 game. But unfortunately, they saddled it down with all of these ideas about what makes for good content in a AAA space. Uh-huh. That's really unfortunate. The game looks amazing. The game mechanically is so fun at every moment. 
and then you find yourself trapped again in the caves of the mountains as the cursor telling you where to go is through a solid rock wall and you remember this is exactly how it went on your last playthrough where you just wandered around a space where you killed every guy in the vicinity and you still cannot find the way to the specific part it wants you to go and then you think about all the other areas of the game that are just not as good as that awesome shootout in the old Jedi archives mm-hmm. you just go ah, they should make another one of these but the AAA space for VR is definitely dropping out, so there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. Also, there's a really bad but completely optional Jedi stuff where it's like, go to the temple to pray with Yoda. Pray. <laughs> to meditate with Yoda. Do the worst... Uh, Force imagine- telekinesis task possible as yeah, you stack it's- rocks. It's cool on paper. Yeah. Okay, Agro. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh. Well... If I'm starting with my soundtrack of the year, it's definitely also going to be Octopath Traveler 2. (laughs) (laughs) I was surprised and delighted to hear Bob had such good taste before he shattered that positive opinion of himself. (laughs) I mean, like, you've got a song for a cowboy merchant that is guitar and saxophone. This is is one of the greatest soundtracks uh, of all time. You've got the the themes for each area having different versions for day and night that are really well done. It honestly put me in mind of nothing quite so much as the soundtrack for um, Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars, which was my favorite for that year. It, it It's honestly the only other soundtrack other than Alan Wake that just got put on constant playlists for me this year. It's only through Agro's nomination that I remembered. I did not list that as one of the games. I was sorry I didn't get to. It slipped my fucking list. I'm not even sorry I didn't play you. No, I deleted it. I deleted it so early because you guys are like, it's 100 hours. And I'm like, it's over. Yup. <laughs> so uh, before I get to apologies and honorable mentions, I, I have some recriminations for games that should have been on this list. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at you, Forspoken and Starfield. <laughs> oh, no! You're supposed to forget Forspoken existed. Starfield! You know how fucking easy... I get. How fucking easy it would have been to get me to forgive anything in a game where you get isekai'd into being a wizard and fight other wizards? Uh-huh. You know how hard you had to drop that ball <laughs> to make me not swallow that pill? and i have said enough about starfield (laughs) everyone appreciates your sacrifice for the contributions to the game of the year (laughs) uh i I, it's it's my turn to apologize to spider-man 2 (laughs) a game that upon reflection probably should have shown up in in a few categories uh for this year's game of the year but got absolutely mentally buried by the nonstop barrage that was this year. Yeah, it's weird. I think that of all first-party Sony games, that is the the most anytime recently I finished one of them and it just slid off my brain. Because yeah. Deacon Day's Gone does not leave your brain. No. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Deacon Day's Gone stays forever. I'm stupid. If they put if they put out a Day's Gone 2 at some point, I'm like, sure, day one. <laughs> $150 edition, please. <laughs> if it included, like, a statue of Deke screaming. Right. That's the hope, right? Not even the motorcycle, just his fit screaming face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, him doing the Alan Wake scream. Uh-huh. 
there are a few games I, I didn't get to play enough of. I never went back to, uh, and you know, that's probably really more Chris's fault than mine for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> forcing me to play trails of cold steel one Look, against at, my will. That's so if messed you up. Play, you do that to you. <laughs> if you just play two, three, four and trails into reverie before summer, you can hop on the new sub series at the beginning. Yeah. You say that like, it's a joke. Like that's not what I'm about to do. <laughs> no, you should do it. This isn't a joke. I am telling you the optimal course of action. We're going to take the higher road and just top on the new series and then not worry about any of the other stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there was also stuff like 7th Guest VR and the Room VR that, that are so just crammed up my alley that it took this year to knock them off the list. Paper Beast is also amongst that list, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it, it hurt. I mean, we I got to the bottom of this list and... I started just driving the knife into my heart every time I had to knock something down. Yeah. Like, I remember last year, I barely filled a top 10 list with some <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> oh, I don't, I didn't like this better. Mm. Okay. So moving on from that, my number 10 was puzzling places. You know, Making your way in the world today, <laughs> it takes everything you got. Really? And taking a break mm -hmm. from all your worries, <laughs> yeah. it, it sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Yeah, I would. Sometimes you want to go where you can sit in a silent, limitless void and make steady, definite progress on a definitively surmountable problem with zero stakes and concrete sensory rewards. That, that game is like the, the people who made it made the world better. That was a genuine good act. <laughs> uh, I, I've often thought about like the arc of, of games and, and bloat in game design and how like a lot of those old, especially portable games like Game Boy games, you can't, you don't make simple games anymore. They're not big enough. There's not enough content. People won't go for it. VR has really been a space where you can make a game that does one thing and that's enough. <laughs> as long as you make a shit ton of content for it yeah how right. did you build two brain worms into your fucking nomination for this number 10 the cheers theme and that's enough <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up number nine uh, is Honkai Star Rail uh, what if Genshin Impact was a science fantasy turn based JRPG what if you could play it on every screen you own? What if it had Pitch Dark Hook the Great in it? Oh, that would be poggers! <laughs> it sounds more dangerous than anything else. Yeah, no, uh, playing this game feels less like, you know, having fun playing a video game and more like, I wonder how much of this substance I can inject before I am irreparably harmed by it. <laughs> oh my god. Like I don't, I don't have an addictive personality. It's probably gonna be fine. He <laughs> <laughs> said with black tar heroin. <laughs> Structurally, it's it's so fascinatingly new for me. It's basically an entire old MMORPG devoid of all other people. <laughs> that Perfect. certainly has <laughs> wishes do come true, don't they, Agro? <laughs> <laughs> they do. It, it, it's got all the, 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 the varied systems and activities to do 
of of like I said, an old mature MMO, but with the interaction of a JRPG. It's it's fantastic. Uh, humanity probably won't survive this sort of thing. We we will look back on this evolution of game design and weep. I think that's basically what they said about the invention of the Dorito. Is that (laughs) (laughs) number eight uh, is resident evil four remake. Uh, You heard it here last Uh, resident evil four is a pretty good video game. (laughs) Gallons of gallons of atmosphere, (laughs) a bottomless affinity for camp writ large. And I mean, it's, it's, it's RE4. It is the Skyrim of video games that aren't Skyrim. It has been re-released. That is true. And ported over and over. They have polished this fucking stone into a gem. (laughs) Number seven is Walkabout Mini Golf VR. Yes! (laughs) This is that rare occasion where you make a video game version of a sport and it's just better than the actual sport. The level design is amazing in that, yes, you are making mini golf courses that couldn't exist in reality legally, but could exist in reality. Yes. It's also just one of the best multiplayer experiences ever. I mean, it's it's mini golf. It was designed to crush the human spirit if somebody else is watching <laughs> you do it. <laughs> It is an immaculately good time every time you put the headset on. And it really is a, just a soulfully relaxing experience, no matter how much profanity I'm shouting alone in my living room. Because, God damn it, I felt that putt was wrong as soon as I did it. <laughs> yeah, the, the moment your club makes contact, that's when you regret. <laughs> the physics are so good. They're so consistent. And if you don't like them, you can change them. There's a slider for that. I actually didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, if, like, if, if the the speed the ball comes off your swing at, that power transfer is adjustable. The angle you hold your putter at is adjustable. Yes. The distance you spawn in from your ball is adjustable. Oh, I didn't know that last one. Ooh. That's mm-hmm. really helpful, because for people who haven't played it, the trigger literally just pops you right next to your ball. Mm. So anytime you really just want to get to it instead of exploring the beautiful environment and trying to find the secrets, you can just hit that and boom, you're right next to the ball. Number six is the Talos Principle 2. The only way that this game could have been more designed specifically for me was if, in addition to literary references and philosophical debates, the (laughs) robots also talked about which swords were cooler while solving increasingly (laughs) difficult switch and beam puzzles. (laughs) If if you are a fan of, of... 3d puzzles in physical space which is not a thing you get a lot of like this i mean this 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 was a meal of puzzles i i got to the end and they were like here's all the extra puzzles and i i solved a couple and looked at the rest and went nah man i'm brain fried i have had enough i'm so full also volvi's in it (laughs) uh you're kidding right uh no there, there is a small mechanical Volvi that is the solution to one of the environmental puzzles. Incredible. Oh, I don't want to see Volvi ever in anything. <laughs> oh, no. I also got to uh, present concrete video evidence uh, to one of these robots that his entire idea of 
an attainable and enforceable objective moral code was wrong and destroyed his entire life. It was amazing. Are you telling me this game placed this high on your game of the year because you destroyed a robot with facts and logic? (laughs) I mean, the only thing missing was it letting me start a podcast to do it. Holy shit. (sighs) All right. Number five was Moss Book 2. There are, like, I mean, obviously every game on this list I enjoyed playing and really, really like. Moss Book 2 was one of those experiences that I I felt privileged to take part in. It is a game as small and as focused as its tiny mouse with a sword main character. It's the sort of thing that makes me proud of the medium as a whole and what it can accomplish. It's just so simple and refined and probably deeply emotionally manipulative to a kid who grew up reading. (laughs) But you know what? That's okay. Because in in return, I got a set of memories that are probably going to last a lifetime. This is a gameplay style that should be emulated more uh, if VR as a concept is going to survive. Yeah. Number four is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, let's see here. A revolution in game design, an unparalleled achievement, a watershed moment. These were all things they said about the game that this game dumpstered when it released. <laughs> yeah, that sure is how it goes. I don't know how you take what was heralded as a miracle and improve on it in every dimension. This was a game so mechanically interesting and solid that game developers were having meltdowns in public because they'd been taught that you couldn't do this. That was so unbelievably funny. It's like, what the fuck? You're not supposed to do any of this. Every single thing I... This game did every single thing I was taught you should never do, and it sold more than every game I'll ever work on combined. Yeah, I constantly think about where this is leading us for future indie devs if academically speaking, that is what game devs have been taught institutionally, right? It hit a remarkably hard-to-find sweet spot between directionless open world and focused story quests. The amount, the sheer amount of shit between, you know, the three-tiered map, the, the characters in this one, all those cool little side quests and moments... The ability to solve all of your problems by sticking logs end to end and just climbing up it. <laughs> yes. I mean, this this was a game that gave you an amazing suite of tools and challenged you to break it. it. It was, this is the only time I'm not being shittily sarcastic when I call a video game brave. Number three is Alan Wake 2. <laughs> a game so good... That it reset my brain chemistry. (laughs) That is genuinely, I was staring at three and four. I'm like, I don't know. Like one is this and the other is this. And there, there are so many games that I can now go play because of Alan Wake too. I also, uh, didn't seem to mind the combat as much as the rest of y'all. So that's also a plus. It's a pretty big plus. Saga with that uh, sawed-off shotgun is maybe the most powerful I've felt in a video game in a long time. (laughs) 
Yeah, it was weird when they gave you the pump action one for her near the end of the game. I was like, but I have the sawed off that's just better and takes less inventory space. What are you doing? Yeah, that was really <laughs> confusing. It was it was good for that one fight immediately after, and then I just put it away. <laughs> okay, number two, a Baldur's Gate three. This this is the mainstream media portion of uh, the Gigaboots game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Representation <laughs> is important. <laughs> Uh, I have said it before, but this this is the D and D game I've been waiting for for most of my life. It is an actual choice rich and system layered game, basically as much that as you could hope for on a screen. It is dense with the fucked up D and D lore. The world, to quote a cliche, feels lived in. It's full of engaging detail. You've got NPCs that are actually rewarding to interact with both your companions and random ones out in the world. You are able to cheese the absolute shit out of every obstacle and event the game puts in your path. It's, I mean, it's the kind of game, like I said, that you wait around for where it's like, Hey, uh, you need to go fight that bandit camp. I'm like, okay, I could run in there and fight the bandits. I could, Stealth up to this cliff above them and throw a bunch of oil down and light them on fire. I could go two towns over and convince this guard that those bandits stole his chicken and the guards will kill the bandits for me. <laughs> or I could cast uh, Sanctuary on a cat and have it run through the bandit camp and distract everybody while I pile explosives at one end of the bandit camp, have the cat run back and then set the explosives off with a fire arrow, killing everything in a 30-foot radius. It's... It's the game that lets you do it. <laughs> Infinitely replayable. I've already got six or seven different party compositions and character archetypes. I want to replay this game as it's just, it is, it's an achievement. They spent years building this giant complicated thing and the sons of bitches did it. It worked. It is actually such a good representation of what playing D&D is like at its best that some people were predicting like um, Hasbro might have cannibalized its VTT sales. They may not be getting subscriptions anymore because why would you pay them to play D&D with other people when you can play it by yourself by buying Baldur's <laughs> Gate 3? It, it's really great to hear Baldur's Gate 3 feels like it's finally absolutely nailed the dream that was sold to us with Neverwinter Nights. Hmm. Yeah, that I is... I would say with Baldur's Gate 1. <laughs> sold to me. <laughs> Neverwinter Nights is more selling a flaming car and trying to convince <laughs> you it's something else. <laughs> they, they sold me on the dream before I saw the car, okay? I didn't know there were flames. <laughs> right? Regrettably, the, the country this car was made in no longer exists. Aww. Also, name me one other video game in history that lets you fuck a Githyanki. A what? Case closed. <laughs> well, shit. Let's just give it game of the year and wrap. <laughs> <sighs> All right. That means, uh, to the surprise of few, my number one game of the year is Octopath Traveler 2. Whoa! <laughs> What? Damn. I yeah. saw the best soundtrack and I'm like, this motherfucker's putting it at the top, baby. <laughs> yeah, when we didn't hear it again, I was like, man, did it just mm -hmm. somehow not make the list? That seems insane. Have you seen Oswald? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, 
this is definitely, I mean, even playing it, I realized this is an example of something made for everyone can't really be for anyone. Playing this game felt like slipping on tailor-made clothing. This game just conforms <laughs> to all the little bumps and pits in my brain. Every time something came up, I went, yes, that was the correct decision. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there, that there are people out there, some of whom may be in this call, <laughs> didn't enjoy some of the structural choices this game made, and I want all of those people to know that I love them that I accept them. Their flaws are part of what make them beautiful as people. <laughs> Unlike Octopath Traveler 2, which is a perfect game without spot or wrinkle. We get it. You really like Oswald. <laughs> I really, really do. <laughs> and honestly, Agro, I think Oz, like the main thing I was thinking is like, man, Oswald sure has the most juice of any of these characters and their <laughs> stories. He does. It really seems like he and Hikari were the were like, pick one of these to be your main. Like you pick Hikari if, if you want your standard fantasy story as a backbone, and you pick Oswald if you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> they both did have like way more go on in the main like overall story than anyone else. It felt like. Mm -hmm. So I will always represent Ochat. That what an incredible story oh. of just wandering in the countryside and yeah, getting food. <laughs> Ochet. I really I expected to have Ochet be one of those characters like, here's my weird gimmick. Cool, never gonna use you. Uh but then her kit turned out to be one of the most engaging and interesting in the game. Yeah, her 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 gimmick is uh, uh yeah, I get free spells every turn that are really powerful if you tame the right monsters. <laughs> uh, so I can summon a dude who also casts spells and hang out with the monsters. Mm -hmm. Also, when my bar is filled, I just eviscerate everything. It's so good. I mean, d down to the menu design and layout, everything in this game was perfect to me. Like, the first time I opened the menu and the first thing was, uh, here's a list of all the recent items you got. <laughs> oh my god. This is a revolution in me not having to press four buttons. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that that's become more standard in RPGs. Like that Star Ocean 2 remake also has the new item you recently picked up screen. Mm -hmm. Even down to the whole, the characters are all sort of separate except for the couple chapters they get where they have a combined story until the end of the game. I really enjoyed that because it gave... Rather than them trying to interweave eight characters constantly being in the story and uh, having enormous opportunity to fuck a few of them up and make them unlikable, I got to fill in all those gaps myself. Like I'm nine years old playing with action figures and making up all the little, uh, like all the little moments and interpersonal parts of the story that aren't part of like the big major plot. Uh, and I know that's just part of how I interact with the game. And there's there's a larger conversation about how much imagination work a game should expect you to do, uh, which is a conversation about games as toys versus whatever else video games are. <laughs> but putting that aside, uh, it just so happens that yes, as I've said, this, this one really hits my niche. It's why I have a hard time describing it as a game to people. Cause I'm like, okay, you know how sometimes you go outside and like, it doesn't feel like a temperature, how it's just perfect and you, you, you feel like you're kind of melting into the air. Yeah, that's what playing this game feels like. It's it's just correct. I can't describe the contours of it. It's perfect. Aggro getting saga pilled is such a weird timeline that lies ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I have to wonder if that will cra- scratch the itch in the same way because it it is distinctly different. B- right, when it comes to mechanics and things and right. uh, me- medication and whether or not it took it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Agro, if you can run us through your list again, starting at number 10. All right, at number 10, it was Puzzling Places. Woo! <laughs> uh, number nine is Honkai Star Rail. Number eight, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Number seven, Walkabout Mini Golf VR. Number six, The Talos Principle 2. Number five, Moss Book 2. Number four, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Number three, Alan Wake 2. It's like the third two on my list. Yeah, you have a lot of twos on here. <laughs> got a lot of twos. Uh, ba- there's, there's more coming. <laughs> Number two, Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> Number one, Octopath Traveler 2. Well, with all of our individual top 10 lists out of the way, we can now plug them into the Giga computer, which uses different numbers assigned to how much we roughly loved each of our entries. <laughs> it will then combine all of our entries and then sort them according to that love, and then we will have to knife fight to determine the final top 10. So, stick around. Okay, I'm reading what the Giga Computer spit out, and this is the ranking so far based on points alone. So it's a really good starting template, as it were. We're going to read it from the bottom up, because that seems more suspenseful and interesting. The following only have five points each, meaning they ranked kind of low, and uh, they were only on one list. They are... Honkai Star Rail, Super Mario RPG Remake, Atelier Ryza 3, Sea of Stars, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Then with six points each, we have The Talos Principle 2, Silent Hope, Rusted Moss. Seven points each, we have Moss Book 2, The Legend of Heroes, Trails into Reverie, Street Fighter 6. Then eight points for Star Ocean 2 Remake, nine for Baldur's Gate 3, ten for Octopath Traveler 2, ten for Pistol Whip, 11 for Walkabout Mini Golf VR, 12 for Pizza Tower, 13 for Pseudo Regalia, 14 points for Puzzling Places, 14 points for Disgaea 7, 19 for Armored Core 6, and 30 for both Alan Wake 2 <laughs> and Resident Evil 4, with 32 points going to Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I think that's very funny that two games ostensibly in the same exact genre got the same exact amount of points. Yeah. Immaculate in different ways. (laughs) God, are they ever. These are two very different versions of notionally the same genre. (laughs) Man, I don't think the internet could have survived Initiation 4, but with Leon Kennedy. (laughs) Yeah, I really want to see a main character swap. that's how you get Ava. You know that, right? You can get third impact from that. So let's go ahead and just talk about the top 10 themselves. And I'm going to do the cruelest thing. You see this bottom half of this list? Uh-huh. The numbers 11 through 24. Oh, no. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> They're now adrift. Uh-huh. <laughs> And now we get to see exactly what would make the cut based on numbers. Based on the numbers, reading them in a rank order. (laughs) 
Tears of the Kingdom would be first, Resident Evil 4 second, LOA 2 third, Armored Core 6 fourth, Disgaea 7 fifth, Puzzling Places sixth, Pseudo Regalia seventh, Pizza Tower eighth, Walkabout Mini Golf VR ninth, and Pistol Whip tenth. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we did have a brief conversation about how your number one with ten <laughs> points made the list, and my number one. Yeah, with I'm 10 on points aggro's side. Didn't. You need to, you need to stick Octopath Traveler up, well, up there well, to be in contention. First, first, first off, okay, the separation is to show what is and is not on the top ten. I did not put Pistol Whip above Octopath Traveler. You can bless Google's sorting algorithm for not it's figuring not even out... alphabetical. Right, I know. That's why I'm mind-blown right now. They're both 10 points, and yours should be alphabetically first. So I don't, don't talk to me about it. I didn't do that. I did, however, set one of these two adrift in the sea, I suppose. <laughs> if you're wondering what the suspenseful pause is about, I'm just drinking my drink. Staring at this list, staring at those at the top of the lower list and wondering, what do we do? <laughs> Years past, uh, things, moves have been obvious, I feel. You know, we've done some completely rancid things that we knew were horrible, but it, we all also knew it was the correct choice. Yeah, sometimes certain Resident Evil games need to die. I don't right. think that'll we happen patted, this time. We patted a Resident Evil remake on the back and said, I would not rob you of your destiny as we sent him into the radiation chamber to die. <laughs> but this year is difficult. This is complicated. This is 24 games that are all great, one of which may inject you with an, uh, a, an addictive disease. <laughs> via your smartphone aggro. <laughs> That's okay. It's so far down. We're we're safe. Yeah, I don't think we need to discuss moving that all the way up. Unless. <laughs> aggro, how good does it feel when you spend money on the game? <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Yeah. That seems to be how it goes for everyone on these podcasts. It's like, how much money did you spend on Genshin? I don't know. $10? 20 Then again, it also comes across as the hot dog story. I'm like, okay, Chris, you just, you said you woke up and spent $20 on this, <laughs> but now you say for lunch, you're buying $20 more. I mean, I had a single ten pole that gave me five-star Kafka and four-star Pitch Dark Hook, Are so I don't know what I needed to spend money on. <laughs> Man, good for you. <laughs> Now I just remember all the times I see I saw posts and get when I was playing Genshin of like, oh, I got these two five stars in one poll. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> How? Yeah, if I, I, th I think I got two copies of Ayaka in one poll. <sighs> yeah. In the I, same poll. And then and then our stream happened in order to get Bob his top tier Ayaka. That was like $80 or something. Uh, chat ludicrous amount. It was they gave, <laughs> they gave Bob like $200. I'm the one who had to do the taxes. I'm pretty sure it was between 80 and 100. It was disgusting though is what it was. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, this this feels this feels terrible, but hey, you know, Bob gets his one perfect character for his game. <laughs> Maybe that's worth it to the audience, to, to, to Bob. Bob, would you have spent $80 Absolutely getting... Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Oh, I already hate this. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously I'm not saying that Octopath Traveler 2 and Baldur's Gate 3 shouldn't be on this top 10. Of course, I believe that as well. I want to hear other people take a swing. 
Because I know which direction I'll take it. I don't... You guys are also... the, or You and Agro are the ones who did Pizza Tower and Walkabout Minigolf individually. Uh, Pizza Tower was uh, Chris and me. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. These are two different pairs you're talking to. <laughs> My bad. I would... Hmm. I would easily give up Pizza Tower before Pseudoregalia, Pistol Whip, or Walkabout Minigolf. I will fight for Pizza Tower. I think that game deserves recognition. That game feels like it came from a much better timeline and somehow accidentally arrived here. But I also right. think Pseudoregalia deserves credit. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. The thing... If if pseudo regalia was the level of Pizza Tower, that would probably be Game of the Year the year that came out, though. God, who knows? Maybe that's Penny's maybe. big big breakaway this year. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I I would I would like that. Maybe we should start from like the top of the list. <laughs> Go down. I mean, maybe, but then all the people who don't care about the lower numbers will just do. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, their game of the year is this. Fuck it. I'm turning it off. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. We <laughs> we tend to start from the top anyway, I feel like, because usually there's like one thing that has the bulk of the points. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, I'm going to say it. Uh -huh. I'm not going to like saying it, but I'm going to say it. Resident Evil 4 should be below Alan Wake 2. Mm, that is oh that's a really hard that is an unbelievably difficult yeah this sucks to make why did yeah. we come up here this sucks too yeah that is also bad <sighs> armor core 6 is on all our lists but isn't super high on any should we consider dropping that to get octopass on here for aggro one second gotta go vomit <sighs> look i know i, I gave we, it the highest had... number at five right <laughs> We we always have the game that we decapitate. <laughs> it's gotta be hardcore. I so but it, it, yeah, it, yeah it, I also feel uh, uncertain about doing it to Armored Core. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was gonna okay. I, I I have a suggestion and a question. Okay. Uh, because I didn't play Pseudo Regalia. Uh huh. So I'm gonna ask you guys. I know that the movement is incredibly well tuned. What there is is really fun. Is there like a whole game there and not just this is a really cool thing and I want games to move in this direction so I want this to be recognized but it's really more of a tech demo it's like five or six hours long it feels kind of it, it's a like a, a 3d metroidvania it feels pretty substantial yeah you have like a, I think five or so separate areas that all internet connect well and you have a, you have a final boss but not not really other Bosses. And you have a banging soundtrack. Yes. Okay. As the person who puts Pseudo Regalia highest on his list, I kind of see where aggro is coming from because it's a little thin, some might say. The thing is, it kind of feels like that PS1 era where like, you could get a Kingsfield or something else where you are sat in the environment and you can talk to things and that's how you get the story. Mm-hmm. And there is like a boss fight, 
but there are so many movement upgrades and other abilities that expand what you do as the game continues and it being this gigantic interconnected castle with superb vibes and a great soundtrack. <laughs> uh, that's what makes it so good. Oh God, fuck this. Ah, yeah, I could, I could live with it if we got rid of it, but I wouldn't like it. Mm. And I would prefer, I would prefer Vinodrome Core Six going first, but I totally get that not being the case because that's on on more lists. So, how would we feel if we woke up tomorrow and Disgaea Seven <laughs> maybe wasn't where it is right now? Mm. It's the first good one in over a decade, maybe <laughs> pushing twenty. Like pushing twenty years. I mean, Disgaea Three came out early PS3 gen because it had that banging soundtrack. Does this one have the banging soundtrack? Does it have the CD you listen to on loop until it breaks it in your car? Some, it has some decent songs. It had one song. It has one song that sounded like the start of a Katamari song, and it made me double take every time it starts. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nightmare. I am. Yeah. <sighs> Let's let's divert. Let's try the top again. Let's just okay. talk the top three, okay? Yeah. I, I kind of think Zelda takes this. How do the other two feel? I put it on the top of my list, so obviously I think I think that, but I'd be open to it dropping a little. I'd be fine with it taking it, and honestly, it was higher on a bunch of other lists than I thought it was going to be this year. I sometimes had to remind myself it came out this year. <laughs> I couldn't forget because it was an entire month of my life. Mm. Yeah, no, that was a really great experience outside of the combat. It was a great month. And when I beat it, I was like, oh, they should make a game that's nothing but shrine puzzles with these mechanics. <laughs> yeah, that was the game that started blackpilling me on combat in video games. I had that moment a couple of times this year where I'm like, oh, this would have been so much better with no combat instead of bad combat. And then I played Alan Wake 2 and I'm like, hey, it's my good friend, goatee candidate game that maybe shouldn't have combat. Mm. I swear to God, the, the next Zelda game is going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, because you know the people who shipped this know the combat's the weak point, and they know that they they've already said that they're going to do something entirely different. They're done with this universe, so I'm like, yeah, I'm excited for whatever you want to do. Same. What if we gave Armor Core Six Game of the Year? <laughs> just throwing that out there. I don't. Mm. Just, 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 there's an ice worm. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> that is also kind of how I feel about it. Man, I should have put a. Armored Core 6 parentheses just the Ice Worm mission into the 7th Gen Game Award section. <laughs> yes. No, it's true. <laughs> we even called it that in the middle of the force feedback. We gotta be better this year about chronicling things. Right, like actually mm -hmm. filling out that list throughout the year. Mm. Now, for the ADD listeners out there who may have forgotten, I'm gonna read the top 10 again and then the first few of the bottom chunk. <laughs> Currently, we have not moved a single fucking thing. <laughs> right. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is sitting at number one. Resident Evil 4 and Alan Wake 2 are at second and third, respectively. Armored Core 6 is fourth. Disgaea 7 is fifth. Puzzling Places is sixth. Pseudo Regalia is seventh. Pizza Tower is eighth. Walkabout Mini Golf VR is ninth. Pistol Whip is tenth. And then in 11th and 12th place is Octopath Traveler 2 and Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> 
Oh, and in 13th place is Star I, Ocean, the second story R. I am okay with Pizza Tower getting knocked off. <sighs> I'm okay with that. It has gotten un- endless rain-like praise from everybody who isn't a game journalist. Um, <laughs> yeah, isn't that fucking... I got so mad that it wasn't, it wasn't even at the Game Awards. Yes, it was. It was, was in the debut indie category. It did not win. Mm. That's fucked up. How could those games awards not let it win anyways? I'm removing it from the <laughs> list. <laughs> I um yeah, for me, like, you know, I was very positive on Pizza Tower. It's a really great game. Um I put Pseudo Regalia drastically higher than that. Now 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 here is here is my requirement. For oh, killing Pizza Tower. <laughs> mm-hmm. Octopath 2 should directly take its place. I mean, you're not you're not going to hear an argument from me, <laughs> right? I, I I feel like that makes sense. Well, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 is pretty good, but I'm already going to give it Game of the Year when the expansion comes out, and I treat that as a, a, it coming out again. <laughs> <laughs> get that cyberpunk treatment going <laughs> I look at our game of the year for the next three years like with Baldur's Gate 3 I at a certain point we have to start recognizing that this is the gigaboots game of the year top 10 and not an, an objective record of quality <laughs> and if I'm the only one who played that game and liked it yeah that would be weird because like yeah they they might like it they've not, not touched it for a second <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and just just do what Chris said. I'm gonna take this, move it down there. We're gonna take Octopath, move it up here. I already want to, even though more changes may come, want to swap Pistol Whip and Walkabout Mini Golf. I'm in favor of that. I haven't played either of them, so do as you please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ambivalent. Mm. As much as I do love Pistol Whip, it didn't make my list. Fair enough. Because, like, I, I, I love the shit out of it. It's so fucking cool. At the end of the day, I had this block of VR games, and I had to ask myself, if one of them disappeared tomorrow... Which ones would make me the most sad? Is there anything else on the bottom list that anyone else wants on wants, the top? Yeah, to fight for a spot for. I mean, apart from Pizza Tower. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Nah, for me to for me to really go to pull out the you know start the blood war over something only I played. It has to. Suck and fuck me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the only time I really threw in hard for that was Disco Elysium in the very first year, because that game seems like it came from another planet. Mm, yeah, no, that's that, that will always be remembered in the halls of fame. I remember listening to that at work. Oh, my God, he's fucking doing it. <laughs> Here's my problem. Mm-hmm. If there was a game down there for me to try to champion that hard, it is Silent Hope, but I'm the only person who had it on any list, thus why it's down there and why many of those are down there. Believe me, I'm staring at Moss Book 2 going, if Dan had gotten through it, 
this would be different. <laughs> That's honestly, Chris probably should be thinking the same thing about Star Ocean 2. I wonder why I stress out so much about game of the year. <laughs> uh-huh. Dan, I think you and I need to have a pre-conversation because mm. I think at, at a certain point, they're going to be coming for puzzling places. Yeah. And we may need to prepare ourselves for a reality. Mm. 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 I'm going to let Pseudo-Regalia drop off before I let puzzling places drop off. (laughs) Like, I love Pseudo-Regalia, don't get me wrong. Puzzling places is my number two. It was my number one for a very long time. I feel very strongly about the experience Puzzling Places offers and how unlike anything else it is and how profound it is, which is so bizarre because once again, when you describe it, it's like, it's a, it's a VR jigsaw. I don't, maybe he did acid, (laughs) (laughs) but there's just something about it that is just amazing. And honestly, that, that sort of like transcendental vibes that carry a thing beyond even its excellent core is why pseudo regalia is up here for me too. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, um, which is like, like from my perspective, because I'm the one who just got his baby in the lifeboat. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at how we get pizza tower back in because I've heard everyone talk about this game all year. And I believe the hype. And it's true. The hype is real. Here's my problem. Most of the bottom of this list is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually looking at Disgaea 7 and Pseudo Regalia. No, no, I. No. Pseudo Pseudo Regalia. Pseudo Regalia. I'm fine with either Pizza Tower or Pseudo Regalia being there. One of them has to be there. Yeah, like they they are the closest in vibe, I think, of super movement games. I'm starting to go insane. Yeah, I'm okay with Disgaea Seven lowering, but not going off the list. Like, mm. what are what are we talking about bringing up at the moment? Agro wants to get Pizza Tower back on because the accreditation is, you know, so strong. I'm, I'm just feeling that. You know, out. we we always decapitate some game. Maybe Pizza Tower is what got decapitated this time. It would it would fit Pepino's luck. <laughs> <laughs> I just I wanted to do a gut check against a couple of those titles that I wasn't a hundred percent sure on the the weight ratio for. Yeah, I don't think there's like I'm. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to get Street Fighter Six in. Like nobody else put it on the list, and I'm I played and enjoyed it. Right. My problem. Yeah, that's also how I feel. Yeah. My problem is that as I look at this list, okay. Uh huh. The only moment where I really just start to feel a disconnect from its place. And being on this top chunk is Disgaea 7. I was there with Agro. <laughs> That's my problem. Because even for Octopath Traveler 2, you can be blind and see how cool that is. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely see it being there. But Disgaea 7 got my parents back together. <laughs> <laughs> like, it has it has that power. Like, every time a chapter ends and it's parodying a different anime, I'm clapping the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And every time, a, every time characters are talking, I'm clapping because they look really cool and are saying funny things. <laughs> it's really funny when somebody hugs Fuji and he immediately starts vomiting blood because he has cancer that flares up whenever anybody's nice to him. <sighs> okay, 
Okay, one moment. One moment. Okay, I have a thought. Mm-hmm. Agro, how much would you like it if Octopath... Now, now, just answer this question, divested of any <laughs> connotation it may carry or what bargain it may cost. How would you like it if Octopath Traveler 2 went up one slot? That, that's about as much as I'd be ready to hope for. So what if we drop Pseudo-Gregalia one slot, bring up Octopath Traveler to, uh, let's see, the slot above Pseudo-Gregalia. And if you just think about it as it moved above Pseudo-Gregalia, it won't bug you when I put Pistol Whip above Octopath Traveler 2. Because <laughs> relative to Pseudo-Gregalia... I would, I would be fine with Sky 7 going down. Let me be very clear. Mm-hmm. I would be completely fine with that. I'd even be fine with it going down to 10 as long I, as it was still on the list. Right. I think it, that's why it's drawing so much fire is it's sitting okay. up there. We'll, we'll put it down there for now. And we'll just look at this again with fresh eyes of Disgaea 7th now being at the bottom. I'm I'm starting to get on board Alan Wake 2 being above RE4 because RE4 doesn't refill my fucking ammo when I upgrade the capacity <laughs> on my weapon. Yeah, my, my complication here is that viewed as a thing that should be cherished, Alan Wake 2 hits really high for me. My problem, though, <laughs> is that the combat sucks, whereas Resident Evil 4, complete counterpoint to that, where it's like, hey, Dan, remember the scene in RE4 Remake? And I'm like... Probably not. There's probably a lot of scenes that just glance off of me, but playing it feels great, and I loved it, and I did it four times in a row, and I look forward to the next time I do it, too. I do. They are polar opposites in that regard, but on the other hand, only one of those two games won our coolest thing in a game category. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if it goes above, absolutely, it's because of Initiation 4. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I'd be in favor of it, but I'm uh, on record as being chemically compromised by it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it fixed Agro's brain, right? <laughs> That's an impo- okay. There's, he's he's going to live so much a richer life now. Thank you, Sam Lake. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, like, thank you, Sam Lake. You changed all our lives. And he just makes the face and disappears into the sunset. <laughs> and then we clap as he disappears into the clouds. Like he's like, like he a just, mythical. He fades out. And you're like, that's not that's not a thing people should be able to do. <laughs> it, it, it's fucking Mufasa, but it's Sam Lake yes. making the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here was the, it was the Goku in the in the cloud saluting. <laughs> No, that's what Alan Wake's doing, but he's still screaming. <laughs> so with the way things sit now, uh, Dan, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say a thing to you, and it, it doesn't have to lead to action. I There's just, I just a chance you're there. thinking the same thing I am. Shoot. Ooh, uh, I would personally put Walkabout Above Puzzling Places. Oh, that was unexpected. One yeah, moment. No, I I knew you weren't gonna like that. <laughs> Let me one moment. One mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> if, if I'm just I haven't played any VR games, but listening to looking at them and listening to them, like walkabout and puzzling places are definitely the two that seem the most killer app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean what we have three VR games here. 
puzzling places, walkabout, and pistol whip, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, those literally are like the killer apps for VR. There's yeah, a reason that's... the others fell away. Like, I didn't even talk about Until You Fall, which is a really great experience and a great game, but this is 2023. <laughs> I, mm, okay, one moment. It's someone who played a minor amount of all these VR games. Uh-huh. I like puzzling places a lot more than Walkabout Mini Golf. I enjoyed Walkabout Mini Golf's golf ball locating more than any of the actual <laughs> golfing. <laughs> um, and then Pistol Whip was way better than either. But I know that's very no, that's limited. Truth. You look at my fucking list. <laughs> 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 that is literally you have described my list, but with words. <laughs> that's why I'm like. I want to move Pistol Whip up. Mm-hmm. Agro wants to bring Walkabout Mini Golf up. The only lamb I see to sacrifice is Armored Core Six or Pseudo Regalia, and both make me want to. Both make me feel like I'm pissing blood. <laughs> if you want to swap Walkabout and Pistol Whip, uh, that is something I'd be okay with. Like I still really love Pistol Whip. It's just not the top of my personal list. But I get it, and I'd be fine. Let me do that for a moment. Because mm-hmm. we don't state this as like a rule. But generally speaking, we try to keep everyone's tens on the list. Which is why Octopath needed to get on immediately. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's important. Uh, and you know, them placing decently is also important. But, like, the reason this isn't a rule, some year someone's going to just put dog shit as their number one. <laughs> and everyone else, else is going to have to shout them down. <laughs> I was able to get Bayonetta 3 on the top 10 lists barely last barely. year. You sure were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Barely. Ignomal moments in Gigaboot's podcast <laughs> network history. <laughs> Try to imagine how Bayonetta 3 would have done this year. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, if they had released that game this year, I don't think anybody would have been as nice to it as we were. Been like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you shit around you? Can you read the fucking room? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. You know, the the reason you're supposed to wear a button-up shirt is you're supposed to button it up, asshole. You smell like <laughs> liquor. <laughs> Maybe on the Switch 2, it'll get an update and not be so bizarrely hollow in so many ways visually. It would be sure. It sure would be cool if it just instantly ran better on the Switch too. I think I'd give Christ. it another playthrough. Yeah. Um. And skip every cutscene. Okay, let me look at this. Um. Mm. <laughs> I know what my truth is. My truth is that Armor Core Six goes at ninth place. <gasps> I'm surprisingly okay with that. Yeah. The ice worm does a lot to like <laughs> Yeah, honestly, push. honestly, like it's like, oh, oh, that that boss that's obviously Cubile is so cool and, and flossing on these guys is so ice worm, like oh. I, I got brick walled by the pre-patch sea spider, so I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, sea spider also <laughs> sucks, honestly. I, I never sea got spider. around to like, oh, they fixed that boss, I need to finish that game. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to remember. Sea Spider was after you escaped the facility, and f- no, that's that's okay. Wow, Sea Spider. Sea Spider is the thing you is the thing that you have to fight to launch yourself to the Arctic. Yeah, Con. I actually okay. thought Sea yeah. Spider was easier than the guy you have to fight on the way out of the facility after you cause the event and fuse with the AI. 
when you get AI brain. Oh, oh that guy, the yeah. boss of the first, oh, is, of first act. Yeah, I feel like he, he that guy is easier. a pain in the ass compared to Sea Spider. That guy is much harder, but I feel like Sea Spider just sucks. <laughs> so, I also feel that way about the cleaner. The cleaner also just sucks. Yeah, the cleaner just sucks. Like he's not even a hard. He's just really annoying. He's like a Dark Souls boss. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually not. Most Dark Souls bosses are like Cubelay, where it's like I move really fast and have really telegraphed attacks where I do the same thing, and I have a command grab that doesn't work exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it works exactly right in his. It's It's working perfectly. <laughs> So everyone's pretty okay with me moving Armor Core 6 down to ninth, at very least for now, so we can look at it and think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, you're the one with the highest place on the list, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's like the thing. As a congregate list, I feel like it needs to go lower. I'm the I'm a core part of why it placed as well as it did. Mm-hmm. And even I'm like, dude... Look how low Pistol Whip is. <laughs> Armor Core 6 is really great. It's not perfect. A lot of these experiences we have here are profoundly important or literally perfect. <laughs> yeah, like the top of the list is just stuffed. Like even, especially this year, I'm looking at at the bottom like, oh, 10th place, that's not, and then I look at the rest of the list that's not making it like, wow, that's a pile of beautiful corpses you're still sitting on. <laughs> yeah. For example, Pizza Tower. Hey, Chris. No, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to argue up Pizza Tower and down this guy's <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I'm. Yeah, no, if he's not going to go for it, that'll be his hope. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Did we tell you about the mechanic where you get to become a, a gigantic monster like a Godzilla? Like any character on the Mac would be like, what, what if they were huge? That is pretty funny. It is real funny. What if I told you that there's that there's a little girl who there's like a a bouncy phantom thief named C4 and she gets a gun that when her meter fills up the gun gets infinite range and you can attack any unit that's directly in one of the four cardinal directions from her because the range is infinite. So just imagine you position a unit, you position her, and then all the way across the map you can hit the boss. <laughs> Okay, I have a completely rigid set of rules and instructions, and you all get to either approve or disapprove. <laughs> okay. All right. Did, mm, 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 I hate this. No, don't do it. Don't. No. Okay. Nope. Backing down. Backing <laughs> down. Ba okay. Yeah, that wouldn't have gone well. <laughs> We'd be like, yes, and you'd be like, no. Yeah, actually, I carried out how I would feel about it. Then I imagined myself drinking myself to sleep going, why did I do that? <laughs> um, mm. So, Dan, mm -hmm. I've, I've, I'd, I'd like you to come over to, to this side of the campfire yeah. uh, away from the other survivors. What's up? And have a selfish conversation with me. What if, uh -huh. in no particular order, yeah. Both of our children went above pseudo-regalia. I would be for that. The 100%, because I love pseudo-regalia. Pseudo-regalia is important. Pistol Whip is amazing. <laughs> and I'm trusting you, Agro, with your sole nomination of Octopath Traveler 2, that it is also 
immaculate. Mm, it's just as long as you never listen to Bob <laughs> <laughs> about anything other than the soundtrack. <laughs> I think I think we should do that. Uh, hey guys, uh, Agro and I were just uh, talking over there. Um, here's, uh, but you know that has nothing to do with this. We were talking about uh, how we'd like to grind our coffee. Because we're both coffee guys and we do like the AeroPress. Anyways, uh, I have a crazy idea out of nowhere. What if Pseudo Regalia went down two slots and then Pistol Whip and Octopath went up a slot? I could live with that. I was worried that he was going to like want to move Walkabout Mini Golf above it. <laughs> I was like, this seems <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can live with that. Because I still enjoyed Octopath. Like, it's it's my 11th place. Mm. Which doesn't sound great, but, man, this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, 2023. Yeah, it probably, it probably would have knocked Super Mario RPG remake off mine if I had beaten it, if I had finished it. Okay, let's talk. Octopath Traveler 2 is not one of a kind. It is a sequel. You know what is Pistol Whip, the forever game, the perfect VR shooter. <laughs> But yeah. Octopath has an amazing, immaculate soundtrack when Pistol Whip has licensed music, which has no soul. <laughs> <laughs> no! Octopath Traveler 1's hardly a video game. We don't even need to worry about That's it. That's true. <laughs> From what I have seen, video. that indeed seems to be true. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> hmm. It also didn't ship on PlayStation, so it's not real. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Could you? Oh, man. I would I would love if we had just decided at the beginning of this, we will just be only absolutely you only Sony game. Right? Just the Holy most obnoxious shit. Sony pony podcast possible. That would be such a funny bit. Sorry, Sudo Regalia. You didn't make the cut. Uh, you know, this game's pretty great, but its use of adaptive triggers is pretty bad. I'm going to dock it a point. Start acting like that psychopath in the restaurant who takes dollar bills off the Jesus. table. Jesus. Ah, ah, ah. I put my tip on the table. Armored Core 6 brings me the ice worm boss. I take several I take half the tip and put it put it back in my pocket. Oh, damn it. You know, I've remembered that bit my whole life. No idea what it's from. That's uh, some dude on Twitter just thought that was a really good I think that's that's just that's just a thing that has been in like psycho investor here's I've how I made my money books forever. Probably I saw that on TV. Yeah, that was in a movie. Like a long time ago, and I have no idea it's what it's funny it was. because while the dude from American Psycho is a psychopath, even he wouldn't do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this looks basically there. I feel like the only thing I would do is not gonna happen. Speak your truth, Dan. This is the only place. Where you can just say it. <laughs> it's not what I meant. That, that's the new slogan? <laughs> I'm not sure about the slogan, man. I would... <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Just to have it on the record. Uh-huh. I would drop this guy seven and bring, and bring up Silent Hope. But that ain't happening. Yeah, you would do that. <laughs> I would do that. I would also the bring horrible up pizza thing is tower, like, I like, believe you. <laughs> if I had touched it, that might be the case. I'm also sitting here like I'd drop half the shit on this list and bring up Trails into Reverie on credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say mm. something you probably won't like. Okay. What if what if this guy is having an armor core six switch? 
I see, vote for that. See, I was okay. So one you, of these doesn't have an ice worm. <laughs> you know that thing a moment ago where I said, "Don't say that. That would be horrible." Maybe that was a part of that process. I didn't want to give up. Mmm. Ah, you bastards. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I hate game of the year. <laughs> uh, let's see what this looks like. What are we doing? How do we feel? Uh, but uh, Agro, real quick. Yeah, I just want to have a conversation with you and you alone. Nobody else. Okay. Okay. Understandable. We 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 are like a chunk in the middle of this list. You we, and I. We 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 both agree that Bob would have enjoyed walkabout mini golf VR if if not for a skill issue, right? <laughs> Like I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. I just don't want to agree with you out loud. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I have to like put my arm out in front of Sybil, uh huh, <laughs> and protect her from people coming at her with golf clubs. <laughs> I have spent a significant chunk of this this last section here thinking about Sybil. Uh, moving about various walkabout stages and it's a game i super want now <laughs> how often do you think about sybil moving about hey i don't i don't need to hear this bit from you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah maybe you shouldn't be ca this is some real i have to i have to attack so nobody looks at me <laughs> look i'm just glad we got a new genre of furry design that isn't i too have made sonic the hedgehog <laughs> because <laughs> as much as i love klonoa look at it <laughs> klonoa is absolutely sonic adventure-esque like it is that same sort of sect and admittedly it does beat out sonic adventure i'm pretty sure yeah, oh, just, oh. yeah klonoa release wise yeah it was like are you saying klonoa is cooler, yeah, than, sonic cooler sonic? than sonic come at me nerds um he, he does have a pac-man hat he does, um, and also Kingdom Hearts vibes, which is very funny because he also predates that significantly. Klonoa is a fucking tastemaker. Sonic can't even dress himself. Come on. <laughs> Sonic yeah, can't I... even dress himself. <laughs> is that why? I feel like, I feel like the, the, the patient zero of, of this regard is the wonderful world of Puss in Boots back from, the I think, the 70s. <sighs> but even he was short. He was a tiny guy. Mm. As for this list, I don't know how it moves anymore. I just get to be angry, uh, notionally, that uh, Pizza Tower and Baldur's Gate 3 are not on this list. Well, well you know, Dan, uh -huh. there's a game that, that we, we could move Pizza Tower up one. I don't think you're right when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to carry on the tradition of a game that everybody <laughs> liked to put on their list. <laughs> Oh, being killed God. at the finish line. Holy shit. How bad was that ice work? <laughs> Pretty bad. They make you do it three times. Come on, man. <laughs> this is Armor Core 6 is important for me. This Armor Core is not dead anymore. It's been like 10 years, man. <laughs> I... I will have to say that I was Armor Core because I, I enjoyed Pizza Tower. I did, but I did like Armor Core more. 
<laughs> I mean, I so did I put it higher? I think I put it higher than Pizza Tower. You put Pizza Tower above our record six. You're the only person that did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I see where you're coming from, though. I do. The, 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 the real pain for me, okay? Uh-huh. The real pain for me is that Baldur's Gate 3 isn't even on this list. That's just fucked up. <laughs> like, here's my thing. I love every single thing said about Baldur's Gate 3. I have not heard one story about Baldur's Gate 3 that doesn't make me chuckle, either because the player's save was deleted or but because of a delightful thing <laughs> in the game. The problem is I have never once enjoyed a game in that specific genre, that hyper-specific CRPG sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't play it because I was certain I would play it and not enjoy it mechanically. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, kind of same. Like, I picked up Divinity 2 and bounced off it. I'm like, this is... If the game's this hard to engage with, I don't want to play it. Yeah, if they released it physically, I probably would have bought it and then traded it in if I just hated it. Right. And that's the mm. thing. If they released it physically, we probably would have, like, both you and I would have played it. Right. Um, One of us would have broke it and then tried it. <laughs> right. Uh, we were already considering crazy plans of borrowing Spiff's PS5, but the problem was it was too late in the year already for such a large RPG. Right. Yeah, that's also what happened to me. I'm like, well... There's no way. It's too big. Fucking damn it. I also forgot mm-hmm. to apologize to Dragon Quest Monsters. <laughs> God, that oh, released yeah. last year. I, I saw the that demo. released in December. I, yeah, I saw the demo. Every time I put my Switch, I see it. I'm like, oh, right. That was a thing. I probably should have. Oh, well, it's gone. On a different timeline where my Switch didn't die exactly when the demo came out, I may have played the demo and then prioritized playing the game. Mm-hmm. Did that come out on PC or just Switch? Just, just Switch. Switch. Well, you'll have another chance if they ever put it on anything else. Which they have a history of doing. They do. Which they have a history of doing. So it will get its time to shine, which is also kind of how I feel about Golders Gate 3. I will treat the expansion as a new game. <laughs> You're like, it's it's really great. They stuck this 90-hour RPG at the beginning of this brand new video game. <laughs> It's honestly why I didn't play the Cyberpunk DLC. I'm like, no, if I play it and I really like it, my brain's going to go, you know, you can just fudge that rule and get it in. <laughs> like, I think no, we explicitly. I cheated I, I, for this game once already. Right, exactly. Oh, what that's the right. The, 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 the big refresh did come out last year. Anyways, look forward to Pistol Whip next year again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's rough. That's rough. That's rough. Uh, all of that is rough. It's rough that Moss Book 2 is down there. Mm-hmm. It's rough that Baldur's Gate 3 is down there. It's rough that Silent Hope's down there. So, okay. In the interests of saying everything before we finalize this list, uh-huh. uh, I, I have gotten a lot farther with my baby than I really expected to. Yeah. Some might say one slot too high. <laughs> Which is where I'm leaning here. I In my brain, I'm like, I could talk to Dan about maybe doing that Watusi move again, where both of our number ones go up a slot. But if I think if I like move a small stone, the entire wall of rubble might come down. I, oh, this is fucked up. I haven't even played puzzling places, but I know that when I get a VR headset, the first game I'm going to play on it mm-hmm. is puzzling places. Hell no yeah. Doubt. 
Absolutely. And that may indeed be the only game I play on it as it consumes <laughs> me and I do everything in it. So I'm kind of looking at this list like maybe everything is in, is in exactly the right space, except uh, armor, except this. No, everything's fine. <laughs> no, wait, finish what you were going to say. I was, I, was gonna, I was actually going to argue the opposite before I realized, oh, it's already that way. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to go up a slot, we could just move walkabout mini golf down to wait, ten and move this guy in in armor core six up to uh, eight mm, nine. Mm, uh, mm, one moment, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh, this is so hard, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You probably fucking sit there and go apples and oranges comparisons. You don't understand. The VR is a different fucking fruit you've never eaten before. This is like all genres of games are apples and oranges and it's difficult. VR is a fundamentally different moment and experience. Especially when it's bad. You get angrier. <laughs> a bad VR game feels like you trapped yourself in a horrible conversation with a moron. <laughs> uh, I, I can't Hey, I What's hate up? this. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing feels like it can move at all anymore. It does feel pretty gl gridlocked here. This is like we're so far apart on these lists this year that there's there's really little, so little bargaining room. The like you want to move something to the bottom? What are you going to give me for it? Like, well, I don't think we're going to dislodge Resident Evil Four. <laughs> Yeah, just kill that one. The weird thing is, I swear in years past, we've ended up with even more different games on this list. Like, I swear we've gotten up to 30 games almost, I mean, if not 29 or 30. But the thing is, this year's strong. Yeah, they're strong games. And also, there's that whole other level of the VR games where me and Chris have not really experienced them at all. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. That really pulls yeah. us apart here. And the, the, the part of this that's like, I, you know, none of these. VR games like Walkabout Mini Golf is the one I've put the least time into. Puzzling Places and Pistol Whip, I put forty hours into each, which is insane for a VR game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christ, yeah, that's in. If I didn't feel so strongly about those, you know, maybe I'd be pushing Silent Hope up. You know, that would be nice. That was such a great game. Games like that make it great to be a gamer. I guess you could say that about all these, right? Right. right, like I'm, I'm just envisioning another year, a different release schedule, where I'm like, no, come on, guys, we can drop that and put Talos Principle Two up there. You've got to believe me. <laughs> who, who, who anticipated my apology segment just being like, I will now list Agro's list. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of expected that. It's okay. This year, I'm going to get out ahead of the giant games. I'm just going to go straight from this goatee grind into Like a Dragon Eight. Why wouldn't I just jump right into a hundred hour RPG after finally being freed from the goatee grind? You could you could jump into the Prince of Persia. Yeah, but there's no rush on that. It's only eight hours. Getting out ahead of that, that doesn't help you too much. Yeah, I'm convinced that Yakuza 8 will drop in price fairly quickly. No, I'll I mean, be able to pick true. it up by summer at like 35 or yeah, something. Yeah, that's also why even I, who owns every single one they've released physically, mm -hmm. I'm like, I can, I can wait till like May. Yeah, but that's the thing. We're not even talking about money saved because all of these I could wait on for money saved. We're talking about 
it is a hundred hour RPG mm-hmm. and I cannot let this happen again. Hey, you know what was a hundred hour RPG that came out in February last year? Agro, do you have any idea? I bet you do. <laughs> mm, nothing comes to mind, really. Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, the game really only starts in New Game Plus 10, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm looking at this list, and I don't see much else that should move. Right. That's that's my thing. I keep looking at it time and time again. I think about Pseudo-Regalia going down. My blood boils. I think about... Pistol web going above Octopath Traveler 2. I see three people stabbing me with swords. <laughs> I think about puzzling places dropping below Octopath Traveler 2 and Pistol Whip, and it just feels weird. That does feel weird. Like, I, I, I can feel my wax wings melting at the thought. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think... I, I think five is where I, I got Disco Elysium up to, and I, I think that's a pretty strong position for something that was only on one list. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I could see, like, just full-on swap, pistol, whip, and puzzling places. I could see that happening, but I don't think that's even, like, that pistol is only on your list, too, so I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, that's the so, thing. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that does feel wrong. That's what's so complicated about this moment right here. Mm-hmm. It's like, puzzling places is on both aggro and my list, and we both, of course, stuck them beneath our games of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. But we also both admit the strength of Puzzling Places as a nominee, like the Predator Handshake. Right, you just have to do that over it. (laughs) And the other hands holding a knife we're not going to stab each other with in order to get (laughs) our thing above each other as it goes up. Which will then become the conversation. Because here's the thing, as Chris was saying, if he finished Octopath, it could have been his number 10. Pistol Whip isn't your number 10, Bob. No. I mean, it was like my number 11. So, so Dan, think about this. Mm-hmm. If Octopath doesn't move and you wanted to switch Pistol Whip and Puzzling Places, I'd be fine with that. Uh, worth noting to the people who've already forgotten, Pist- uh, Puzzling Places is my number two. <laughs> it's only one <laughs> slot behind Pistol Whip. So that's why this is so complicated for me. Because like, I know what kind of a game Pistol Whip is. And I completely understand how deep that spike got driven in your brain. (laughs) (laughs) I am literally in the top leaderboard for PlayStation. It's a lot. Um, Bob, what do you think about that exchange? I think that makes sense. But again, I've I've hardly played these. And I I did enjoy puzzling places. But like I said, I like Pistol Whip more. Chris, do you have a thought on that exchange? No, I don't think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it and just look at it and see how I feel. Yeah. One moment. I've been staring at the word whip so long it looks weird now. It's pistol for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to look away from that for a second. I think this is it. Yeah, it's really hard to imagine these moving. Every time I try to imagine it moving, I also hear the Riddler scream. 
<laughs> because the moving is bad and more like an avalanche and horrible things happen. Yeah, anytime we talk about removing Armor Core 6, you have a reaction. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> and I know that's like one of the only things that's left to happen. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, what if we chopped one of Dan's favorite franchises finally coming back from the dead with the slickest feeling version to put on Baldur's Gate 3 and I just scream in my head. Because <laughs> it's rough. It's real rough. It's real rough. Um, you need to understand, Jury, she has these pajamas. <laughs> I was unaware. One moment. What color are they? <laughs> You're like, she has pajamas, and I'm like, I'm not interested. And you're like, uh, they're Sybil pajamas. And I'm like, one moment, that's that might be the funniest goddamn thing I've ever heard. God. The Potters like, might have done it. It's like the Blanca, <laughs> the Blanca thing uh -huh. where they have the giant plush Blanca skin or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like that. It just looks terrible. Jesus. You, you, you do a mod trade where Jerry gets Sybil themed pajamas and, and Sybil gets Jerry's feet. No. I'm not ready for that trade off on the game of the year. I have been impressed uh, by how well Pseudo Regalia did. Because, like, listening about the game all year, it's like, oh, yeah, Pseudo Regalia, that's really neat. And then I walked in this room and it's like, I've had Pseudo Regalia for a day and a half. And if anything happened to it, I'd kill everyone here and then myself. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh yeah it seems like you two had fun at the mall and we're like yeah i guess then we go upstairs and and then the reality is the last of us where we're trekking across the country with Sybil. <laughs> you thought i'd let you do this alone <laughs> i think they sold like two thousand of those plushes or something insane Oh, shit. Yeah, Did no that go shit. off sale? I don't think so. I think it's oh, still thank, going. Oh, thank I think you got a few days. Okay, thank God. I have to check right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm actually like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, this is not how this was supposed to go. Yeah, I have one hour and 14 minutes. Or one day and 14 okay, hours. Okay, it was like, what? <laughs> Anyways, we're opening the P.O. box next week. Doesn't matter. By the time you hear this, it's, 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 they're no longer on sale. <laughs> Yeah, they sold 3,300. Wow. Jesus Christ. That's nuts. Where's our Disgaea 7 plushie? I'm sure there is one. Yeah, they did have one, the, like the last tradition. The... It's just Fergie. No, no, it's not Fergie. <laughs> Jesus. Why is it die-cast aluminum? <laughs> there, are actually, uh, there are actually several. There's a Pirelika one. And there's a Fuji one. Oh. Nice. Are they as good as the Sybil plush? No. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. They also cost more money. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, they're $37 each. Oh, that's, 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 that's so much. If, if that Endless Monday artist does another plush, I will buy it. Unless oh, it, yeah. No. It, uh, unless it is Penny. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy Penny. I wouldn't buy Blythe. I'd buy, any, I'd, grow good. I'd buy anyone but Blythe. That, I they was, already did a Blythe one, I so was, we don't need to worry. I was so upset. They need that to do the another sale, Sky one. The sale on the plush ended two days after I beat or before I beat the game. Uh huh. So the moment I realized I really wanted it, it was gone, and I was like, no. Anyways, I think this is it, and I know that sucks because I look down at this fourteen game long list of really great games. Uh huh. And in a different year, they would have fucking busted up the joint. I'm willing to... Mm -mm. One moment. I can't even...
I gotta look again just to. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to lock it in. Then I'll also put my vote to lock it in. Yeah, this this looks right. I think we did it. Even though this list is just weird looking. It's fucking bizarre. Like, when you look at the top three, it's like, oh, yeah, that'd be in a magazine. And then you hit the rest of this list. Like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> and that's real. That And that's really what we shoot for. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it feels. You know, we, we spend the categories talking about big, important games like Final Fantasy 16 and uh, Forspoken. And then we... Uh, sp- also spend an equal amount of time talking about endless Monday dreams and deadlines. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm going to read the people who didn't make it who should be honored. We should honor the dead. Yeah. Uh, for the top of the stack down, we have Pizza Tower, Baldur's Gate 3, Star Ocean the Second Story R, Street Fighter 6, The Legend of Heroes, Trails into Reverie. Moss Book 2, Rusted Moss, Silent Hope, The Talos Principle 2, Star Wars Jedi, Survivor, Sea of Stars, Atelier Ryza 3, Super Mario RPG Remake, and Honkai Star Rail. And our top 10 games of the year, read from 10 to 1, is... Now nah, I'm going to read it from 1 to 10. <laughs> I changed my mind. The number one game of the year from the Gigaboots Podcast Network is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Second place is Alan Wake 2. Third place, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Fourth place, Pistol Whip. Fifth place, Octopath Traveler 2. Sixth place, Puzzling Places. Seventh place, Pseudo Regalia. Eighth place, Walkabout Mini Golf VR. Ninth place, Disgaea 7, and 10th place, just barely hanging in there, (laughs) Armored Core 6. And that does it. We're free. That's what it will remain for the rest of time. I think these are really great games. I did not anticipate the year that would be so great in gaming that it stressed the absolute mother-loving shit out of me trying to grind and prepare a list for game of the year. Mm-hmm. It has never been this bad before because it is so good. That's even with a few high profile titles that should have been great just tanking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, I think this year the high profile titles that should be good would probably be probably be good. Oh God, why did I say that? Yeah, I was like, I don't, don't don't say that. <laughs> why did I say that? At, no! least, at least there aren't that many announced. <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. It formats your PS5. 